What's up, Sifters? You know it's Game Face right here on twitch.tv slash Sifted Games, the last regular episode, regular, of 2023. Welcome along, alongside me to do that is Matt Kyle. How are you feeling about our last episode of 2023? Oh, better than the people who bought the day after. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> well, I think they all got their money back. So. Most of them did, but about 110,000 people didn't. Really? And I don't know why. Maybe some of them played too long, but like I think they rescinded that, didn't they? I think so. We're going to talk about that game. That means they still <laughs> walked away with a fair amount of money. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, welcome to Game Face. Again, this is our last normal episode for 2023. We are doing our Game of the Year episode on Friday, right here at the same... Which will not be normal. Which will not be normal. It's going to be real, real fucking weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we're demonetized. You said the F word in the first five minutes. Nah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but anyway, our Game of the Year awards are on Friday, same time at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. But this is our last regular episode of Game Face where we do all the stuff we normally do. Friday will literally just be our Game of the Year awards. Those usually take around like an hour and a half, something like that. So it won't be the normal length. Um, and then that'll be it for, well, I guess Matt and I for 2023. Pack will still be coming through. Actually, I'll still be doing Ask Shane Anything until the rest of the year. So you get a couple more episodes from me of that before the year's over. And then Packer will roll pretty much through the whole holiday season. Speaking of which, right now, we're asking for questions for Pactor Factor. Now, here's the thing. We're only asking for a few. We need to record some episodes tomorrow to kind of get us through the holidays. Now, if you guys ask a question that's great and we don't use it for this round, we will use it for the next round when we shoot in the first couple weeks of January. So don't not ask a question for fear that it won't make the cut because we'll just slide that over into the batch of questions when we shoot the first full round of 2024. Uh, season nine, by the way, of Pactor Factor coming, which is just mind blowing. <laughs> hmm. Episode 370 of Game Face is mind-blowing, Matt. I think it is. Like, Look at us boosting Godzilla's box office over What's there. happening? Oh, the hype train. Here we go. Everybody went to see Godzilla because they said to watch Godzilla. Oh, everyone's saying it's thanking you. Yeah. Uh, Rock and Roll Forfait, thank you for recommending Godzilla Minus Zero. It was great seeing it in the theater. That's awesome. That's what we're here for. That's literally our job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's to make sure people are consuming the best pop... Yep. Pop culture now, content, possible. I, I believe they've extended the theatrical run to the 21st. So it's so doing it's well. more time. Well, it's, the, it's the highest grossing Japanese film in U.S. history. Is it? And it, for the first two Japanese movies were the number one back-to-back -back weekends. Wow. Godzilla and then that's Boy, never happened, and, then Boy and the Heron. I don't think so. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, people will go see, see subtitles if you give them something worth watching. That's, yeah. that's part of the lesson here. That's true. The other lesson is make good Godzilla movies and people will go see them. Yeah. Well, this is Game Face. This is the flagship yeah, show. Anything. Yeah, it's true. This is the flagship show of Sifted Games at Sifted.net. We are supported 100% by people who pledge at our Patreon at patreon.com slash sifted. If you like the show and you want to see it continue, that's how you can support it and make sure that that continues to happen. One thing I should say, too, before we get going, and I'll call these people out at the end of the show, but um, the last couple episodes, we've been putting up a QR code for you guys to just buy us a beer for the holidays, just to thank us, basically, if you want to. And that is the response to that has been amazing. I, I, at the end of the show, I'm going to go through the list of people who have bought us a beer, and it is awesome. Like, thank you, I cannot believe it. Um, and that is also with the, the problem that that page has, our donation page, you have to be logged in to use it, 
We're trying to get that fixed right now. It's not such a big deal to register for Sifted if you want to buy us a beer or whatever, but I do understand some people may not want to do that. So we are trying to get the restriction on that page lifted so that you don't have to be a member of Sifted to donate. I got a couple DMs from people asking about that. So anyway, thank you guys to everybody who has bought us a beer for the holidays. It makes a huge difference. Um, and anyway, that QR code will be up on the screen a little later. Feel free to donate a dollar, five dollars, whatever you want. Uh, we appreciate every dollar. It makes a big difference for us. And we're going to call those people out at the end of the show as well. Matt, how has your week been? It's all right. Yeah. Um, playing some Avatar. Yeah. We'll be playing, talking about that today. Playing some Rogue Trader. We won't be talking about that today. No. <laughs> Probably in our first show of 2024, we'll slide mm -hmm. that one in there. It's a big one. Well, usually our first show of the new year, we it's a pickup show where it's like stuff that we didn't quite get to the year before we cover it. And then we start doing the second episode. That's when we start doing like the 2024 previews where we go through each platform and talk about the big games coming out for it. Nintendo's is going to be interesting this year for sure because uh -huh. there's kind of like that May to June thing where it just all ends. Right. Meaning like the, the fantasy league is going to be difficult to draft. Yeah. You don't really know a lot. Well, you're going to be splitting hairs this time. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> it was easy this past year, kind of. It was easy to know you had a good team. I think next year it will be tough to make mm -hmm. sure. And I think having all 10 games next year will also be tough. Um, also, will Silk Song come out? Never did come Stay out. Tuned. It's freaking insane. Didn't even get mentioned. I know. It's nuts. <laughs> so anyway, also today, so we'll be doing... Game Awards, we'll do our housekeeping, then we'll do the Game Awards, and there's no show on Earth that covers stuff like the Game Awards, or E3, or Gamescom, or Tokyo Game Show, the way Game Face covers that stuff. We show you every game that matters. You see the games, and we're going to do that right here for the Game Awards today. Then we're going to talk about Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, and then we're going to wrap up the year, the Fantasy Leagues, both Matt and I's Fantasy League, and then the Fantasy Challenge that you guys all participated in. We'll be crowning the winners of both of those at the end of the show today. We have a lot to get to today. I'd also really like to try, I'd like to, try to get named that game in because we haven't done it for a few weeks because the shows have just been loaded with normal content, but I've actually got a ton of message from, from people like that misnamed that game. Mm. I'm pleas I've been pleasantly surprised that people have been upset that it's not been in the show. I kind of thought people had lost interest in it over time, but apparently not. We got some people who are pissed off that it hasn't been in the show for a while. So we want to try to get that in too. Um, so we have a lot to get into this last three hour block that we have here on Game Face. We're going to do our best to get to all of it. I'm not making any promises. Again, if we get to the end of the show and we're out of time, name that game will probably be cut, unfortunately. That's just kind of the way it goes. I'm going to do my best to get there. Matt, you can help me too. Both of us can help by trying to stay succinct if we can, because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. There's like 20 premieres from the Game Awards alone that we're going to discuss today. People are asking what time the Game of the Year show would start. Um, I, I did say that already. The Game of the Year show is just like this. It'll be at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Friday. And again, it'll be around 90 minutes. It's not like a usual episode of Game Face. And we'll probably do an extended Q&A at the end of Goaty because it's our last time to connect with you guys before the year's over. And so if you guys have questions or anything you guys want to discuss with us before we move on, we'll be sure to do that. So again, if you're watching this show on YouTube or you listen to it on the podcast services, head to patreon.com slash sifted and give us a pledge if you can. Uh, let's check out what y'all are up to. And thank everybody who subscribed to Twitch Prime and all that good stuff as well. Um, let's see. Let me scroll up here. Hopefully I haven't lost a bunch already because you guys have already been like donating a bunch of stuff we're on what what level of the hype train are we on right now like three already that's 
Awesome. Uh, Dre Loesch. I don't know how to say that, Matt. Do you? No. Dre Loesch. Dre Loesch. Dre Yeah. Happy holidays to you too, brother. I hope you have a great holiday season. Um, when is the first episode of 2024? I don't know yet. I'm going to have to figure that out. I still don't know when I'm coming back from the holidays from the East Coast because right now flights are outrageous to come home. The flights out there aren't that bad, but coming back, like, until you get into January, they're outrageous. Well, they know they got you. They know you got to get home. Once you're there, yep, they got you. So anyway, I don't know. A lot of it's going to depend on how I can find a reasonable flight to get back. But as I always say, follow Sifted on Twitter, at Sifted Games. That's where all the information is. So you'll know what's going on there first. Um, The J-Bone 29. Matt, do you do any film podcasts? I love hearing your takes from the film TV industry. No. I do not. That is something that I have offered Matt to do if he would like. That This gear here, he is free to use it whenever he wants. Mm. If he wants to get together a little podcast for movies or whatever, I he can run it on Sifter or wherever the hell he wants. He can do whatever he wants. So. Yeah, I ain't touching that shit between shows. You know? <laughs> I hear you. Um, MHG Immortan Joe, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, rock and Roll 458. I meant to say minus one. Sorry, I got to get the title right. Oh, what is he talking Godzilla. about? Godzilla. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Mike's Q says, Matt, I caught the last IMAX showing uh, for Godzilla 1. I do not regret it. Thank you very much. Lots of people giving you props, mm-hmm. man, for turning Good. them on to the movie. Um, Retro says, ask Pac about the death of E3. We're about to talk about the death mm-hmm. of E3, but not for very long. They did ask the uh, director of Godzilla about the $15 million budget, and mm-hmm. all he said was, I wish it was that much. <laughs> so, yeah, even less than that. <laughs> hey, Dark Force 256 thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. You've done that for 60 Two months. You're on a 42-month streak. That is flipping awesome, man. Thank you. Also watched Godzilla on your recommendation and was very happy with it. Godzilla's also on the short list for uh, best visual effects for the Oscars. Wow. Uh, for that much money, and they're up against, you know, That's incredible. 200, $300 million budget movies. <laughs> like, learn something, Hollywood. That's awesome. Like, you can, you don't need to spend that much money on this stuff. Yep. Surly Mexican, thank you for Twitch Prime. Commander Fett, thank you for Twitch Prime. Although the Japanese VFX industry is worse than ours in terms of treatment of, of employees. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Faruqi, thank you for Twitch Prime. Hope you're doing good, Caleb. Uh, Dark Jedi 24, Alashim, I think I'm saying that right. Thank you. Out of Baldy's way, that's pretty funny. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Mr. Slim 9351, thank you. Drew Meeks 85, thank you. And I think that's all we've got. Um, what else? There's some new ones at the bottom. Okay. Um, also, Eric Cartmenez, obviously, you see the Steelers had a horrible loss again. This bet that we have is literally going to come down to the last game. Hmm. The Steelers need to win two out of their last four games for me to win. And I think it's literally going to come down to the last game. So, unfortunately, Eric, like we'll have to settle up uh, when we both come back for the holidays because Steelers season will go until then. But anyway, it is a nail-biter. It is coming down right to the last game. It's kind of awesome, actually. Um, let's see what else we got here. Hmm... Uh, Shane, we must grab a beer together this year. I agree with you. Um, I will probably be in like So Mike's Q, for you, those of you who don't know, he's also from Central PA. He lives in Central Pennsylvania. He lives in Lancaster. I live in a town called Carlisle. It's about like a 30 or 40 minute drive away. However, the only Apple store in Central Pennsylvania is in Lancaster. It's mm. bizarre. So I have to drive like 45 minutes to get to the nearest Apple store. And I go there every year Christmas shopping because somebody on my list wants something from Apple. So, Mike's Q, let's try to set it up that when I go to the Apple store in Lancaster, we meet and we do lunch. I will be in touch. You're right. It's way overdue. We should have done it a long time ago. Uh, Jilt31, thank you for Twitch Prime. Andy T. Monahan, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. 44 months, a 40-month streak. Awesome. 
Um, and he says, it's unfortunate the time cutting, especially in the Baldur's Gate speech. Le- oh, okay, he's talking about the Game Awards. We'll get to the Game Awards. Um, retro current gamer, will the Lions make the Super Bowl? No. <laughs> they will not. <laughs> Even I know the answer to that. <laughs> they're actually good this year. It's yeah, like, but, but they're still, fading. They're still the Lions. They were right. <laughs> they were great when the season started, but they're, they're like the Steelers. The Steelers started out really well, and now they're just fading and dying, and the Lions are doing the same exact thing. So The NFL is just garbage, if mm. you haven't figured it out yet. like All the teams pretty much suck. Like, it's just the truth. That's why the Steelers can win seven games, and they suck, because everybody else sucks. Um, Contano, in the wee hours of the morning, Sony Interactive Entertainment is investigating a cyber... Yeah, so did you see today that that Insomniac was hacked, Mm -hmm. and there's screenshots of Wolverine out there? Mm -hmm. Did you look at him? No. I couldn't find him. I couldn't find him. I would have have, have looked at him, but I couldn't find him. We might find out the other Marvel characters. I'm like, okay, I'm into it. Sure. (laughs) Storming this shit, because then I'm doubling. There are other... Marvel characters in the screenshots. Yeah. Mm. So that is one thing I do know, but I haven't seen him yet. I bet y'all did. I'm more excited about that than then the leak about who the DLC characters are for Suicide Squad. I'll right. tell you that much. <laughs> Nolan Bozo Zone says nothing on 4chan. What in the hell are you doing on 4chan? I don't care. I mean, 4chan's still a pretty good place to find Leaks. illicit shit. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I've I don't think I've ever visited 4chan in my entire life. Because I, I know it has stuff I, like that. I also know it has god-awful stuff there, too. just don't go into B. Um, is that where you don't that's go? Where all the, that's where all the shit posting uh, nonsense is. Um, I've never I, been I've there. looked at it before, I, sometimes just to find, usually for like leaks or weird things going mm-hmm. on, or sometimes when before Twitter, news, that was where news happened quickly. Yep. But uh, I don't, much like Reddit, like I hate the formatting on that site. I'm just like, I can't read this. Like yeah. I don't... It, uh, that's, that was my earliest, like, I'm too old for this on the internet thing. It was just like <laughs> 4chan. 4chan. 4chan's formatting made no fucking sense. It's like sense a Metro City's, like, old school BBS, basically, isn't sort it? Sort of, but le- more messy and with weirder, like, code things you could do to change all the colors. Yeah. And, you know, it was Markup, just, it was they call obnoxious. it. Yeah. Yeah. I stay away from sites like that, generally. Uh, so, anyway, there you go. That's our intro for our last episode of Game Face for 2023. It's time to kick off the show proper and get to our housekeeping. And we have a good bit of it today, but... Not as much as the last couple episodes, and that's a good thing because we have a lot of content in the core of the show that we need to get to. First up today, people were already talking about it in the chat. I saw the news this morning. It made me sad. I know Matt does not give a crap, but... I thought it was already happened. No, they were still trying. So today, the ESA finally announced that E3 is dead for good. Um, They were still trying to make it work, even for like next year. Or possibly the year after that, but I think they've just figured out that there's just no appetite for it, and so the ESA figured that out last year. Yeah. So not only has the ESA canceled E3 for the next however many years, it also said that it has no interest in trying to revive it. So this is it. It's done. There is no E3 ever again. Which, which I mean, it hasn't been one for four years. Yeah. Gonna be. We're still here. Yeah. I'm really bummed. You know, I have a lot of nostalgia for the show, Um, and we do have taps here and i think if there's one thing that we should play taps for it's e3 kind of feels like we're playing it a year after we buried it but yeah well we'll dig up the corpse for one last time i mean the esa almost did themselves so yeah it really is sad somewhere somewhere jeff keely is celebrating oh he's summer games fest has has an opening I mean, it's a huge opening. He's on the, he's on the phone to the LA Convention Center right fucking now. Here's the thing, Matt. It's not just an opening for him. It's an opening for anybody who has an interest in doing something like this and has the pockets to do it. Yeah, but why would you? 
Like, I mean, ESA did this because it was basically, I mean, originally it was an actual industry expo. It was a, you know, a business thing. Right. But eventually it became ESA realized they could fund themselves as a lobby group for the year if they just charged everybody obscene amounts of money for the booth space. Yeah. And that worked for a long, long time um, because it served a very useful function. I don't think it serves a very useful function anymore. Um, and I don't really know if there's a need for a you know public-facing convention-style thing at that time in the year. Um, that's kind of the problem is like, most people, especially the, the critical masses of people who, um, you know, make these various big gathering things a, a success, they've kind of got their yearly schedules together at this point, and E3 is not one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to Comic-Con or Dragon Con or Gen Con or whatever you have. TGS sometimes, if you really ever like Gamescom, if you want to travel. Um, and you should, you know, if you're interested in Gamescom, you should go to Gamescom just to see cologne and all the yeah. surrounding area like that's a great place to just a great place visit. to be mm-hmm. game, game convention or yeah. no um i just don't know and again i mean that it would be bad for me because local is good for me it's easy to get to but if i was going to start this again i sure as hell wouldn't do it in la it's too expensive it's really rare in life to see something that was ever as big as e3 was to disappear like that shit just doesn't happen like if you can get that many people to some place to spend a ton of money, somebody figures out a way to keep it going, to keep making the money. Like it's just it not just in gaming. Yeah. This just this stuff I mean, just doesn't happen. Ask theater owners about that. Yeah. <laughs> like um it's very rare for something that was once as big as this to just go away. Somewhat. I mean, you know, I I think you see shrinkage in certain things of like uh, you know, like baseball game attendance since yeah. we were younger and mm-hmm. things like that. Yep. I think, the, I mean, but the thing is, it doesn't often happen, you know, on a on a higher level. Is E three is a victim of technology change, you know, the, mm-hmm. the march of progress. Basically, it ate itself almost. Like it was, <laughs> like, you didn't need this anymore. Like, yeah. There was a time when you had, if you wanted to get your message out about any of your big products, everybody had to come together in the same space and get covered by all the same outlets and the mainstream outlets, and like it was the only way you could get real exposure and every everyone's eyes on you at the same time. And that's just not the case anymore with the internet and social media. And we and look, you, I remember, I remember we talked about a version of that when we started to see everybody t- taking cameras around uh-huh. all the time you know we used to be yeah. you, you know we, we you and us and we had we <laughs> like had five crews we had a floor. crew vic yeah. lucas had a crew game trailers had a crew yeah and that was pretty much IGN it had its booth and, and one year GT like usually had a booth 2006 2007 eight in there somewhere maybe the year or two after santa monica um, I remember talking to you and some of the game trailers. I was almost like, everybody's got a fucking yeah, everybody got a monopod. Yeah, and there's a point at which like footage of the floor is no longer going to be no value, interesting or valuable because everyone has it, and yep. it's like, and that sure as hell became true, and yeah. more and more, and like that is really what has happened here writ large. Like, I mean, the irony is, and is as that someone this is who a show been, to celebrate technology, and technology, technology killed, killed the it. show to Absol- celebrate technology. It did. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, let's not be. Let's not be. To, it didn't celebrate technology. It sold technology. Yeah. Like that was this is this is a commercial venue, and it uh, much like the the game adverts, and uh, it out it outlived its purpose. That's all. But and, the, I mean, it's just weird that there's other shows that are still going to happen, and they're the same damn thing. 
But they're not because they they weren't. This was never public facing. Yeah, and, and they never. There is. I think probably, that was the problem. The perception was that people can't get in. Yeah, and was, even though exclusive. when they opened the doors, I think a lot of people just assumed I can't get in because it was that way for well, no, part so of so many years. I think part of the main problem was that like the people who went while they were they enjoyed it. Like, I don't know how many people came back because it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Like. Not just expensive to get in, but it's expensive to stay in Los Angeles for a week downtown. If like they, it, if something ever comes back to replace E3, they should do it in Vegas. Yeah, or anywhere else really, um, with a big enough convention center yeah, for and it. And really. plenty of hotels um, and and like plenty of public transit to get them people around. Because that was the big problem. Was like you know, like they never. There is a timeline I think where the ESA maybe hired the right people or hired whatever Reed Pop and earlier survived. and yeah. figured out how to make this a public-facing convention as opposed to a business-centric expo faster. And mm-hmm. it worked. I mean, maybe the con- maybe the pandemic was going to doom it no matter what. But yeah. um, they it, they were two years into the public thing, and it just wasn't good. It wasn't happening. Uh, compare it to any other public-facing convention. I mean, unless you're Nintendo. As you can see by this line. Oh, yeah, Nintendo, like, Nintendo I mean, will tell you that we're crazy. Cause <laughs> oh, Nintendo's bulletproof, sure. It is, yeah. Um, but part of that is because yeah. their booths were so small and so overly managed that you just had to sit around for hours to get in. Yeah. Um, I mean, that happened at BlizzCon, too. No one's going to claim that BlizzCon's, like... That little area was was a, was a great thing that was worth doing. It was just mm-hmm. poorly designed. Yeah. And um, the the difference is that when you got into the Breath of the Wild section, you didn't care how long you'd waited right. because it looked so cool. Yeah. Or and you um, got some free chocolate from stuff. Nintendo. Oh yeah. I guess. <laughs> that you could then sell on eBay and get half of your cost for the day back. Oh yeah. I, I still have I still have that coin. <laughs> it's funny. But it's like, yeah, it's just sort of that was. I mean, it it was a zombie for a while. I mean, I'm not. Re- I guess not really because like it was. Basically, it tried to rise a couple times after yeah. 2019, and that was the end of it. Too much but, dirt on the grave. But as some, you know, I went from I went for 21 of them, and that was. Uh, I went to pretty much all of them. I think yeah, maybe I missed the first. one. You missed one. the first one. I think you saw you you My went first to all one but Atlanta. one, and I went to all but two. Yeah, the first two, and because uh, I was sure as hell wasn't going to Atlanta. Well, Atlanta was miserable. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. literally like 107 degrees and like 95 percent humidity in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. By the time you got to the show, you felt like you had already worked the whole day. And I was walking like two blocks in the heat. It was not a good choice. And I'm glad I went to the the first one was 99 because that mm-hmm. was in the middle. I was of, there too. That yeah. was the you know literally we had we like basically got out of line for um, buying our tickets for episode one and drove to L.A. Like yeah. that was it. Like because when we were young and we could do stupid yeah. things like that. <laughs> you still can, and, but um, you just won't. <laughs> I'm gonna fall asleep halfway. Yeah, it's not. We were we were in line for 13 hours. Yeah, we, I agree. We, were, we were different. Yeah. Built different back then, but like, and we walk in and there's a full size pod race. I'd never seen anything like right. that. I'd never yeah. seen a whole convention center dedicated to things I was interested in all at once. Yeah, that celebrating. Was, that was yeah. the fun thing. Yeah. Um. See, I just maybe the difference between how we see it is like I would never see that as celebrating. It's selling. No. It's 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 all marketing. To it's me, it selling. was like a celebration of the stuff I love because I had never been someplace where everybody was like me. <laughs> And everybody mm. liked games as much as I did. I was always like, especially as you got older, because you got to remember, Matt, like games being cool for adults to play in like the late 90s, that was still like dicey. Like I still stood out like, you know, when mm-hmm. people in my at temple were like, you're going to do games journalism. Like, what the F is that? You're seriously going to get out of the sports writing track to work on a gaming web? People thought I was nuts. Like mm. Maybe I was nuts. But maybe. I was an outlier. Not at the time. Yeah, at the time. I mean, you couldn't see the future 25 years <laughs> down the road. I saw it coming. That's why I, I did it. But anyway. But like, uh, it's, 
I mean, I never really had that problem. I found my people pretty. You pretty lived in regularly. California. Yeah, yeah, it was more open. Big I difference. Mean, yeah. Every half the people on. I mean, my my dorm room, uh, my dorm floor uh, freshman year was it was me and it, the whole floor was the soccer team and the football team and everybody played Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, like like downtime, it was that and Madden and FIFA. I mean, when and, I played games with my college. Yeah. But like Bros. I, I, I never lots had of NHL '94, and they loved SNES. that I knew all the fatality. Like they're like, oh, he, he's a nerd. He knows all the shit. Have him come over and teach us. So like, yeah. it was, I, I never had a. Tri- I mean, maybe because I'm also not like super weird. Like, <laughs> that might be it. But like, um, <laughs> like I was the nerd they didn't mind having around because right. I didn't like yeah. ruin everything. But like, I don't know. Like it was, it, I never had. I, I went to. I worked at places that were co- you know comic shop, arcade shop. Mm-hmm. That, so I was surrounded by those people in general. My friend group. Was but even all back then, like in Philadelphia. In the whole city, there were like five game stores. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Like, there, I mean, in, in the Bay Area, in the Bay Area, so there much. were about five game stores worth going to. Yeah, there were like I'm saying there were more. five total in Philly yeah. at that time. Like that's just the way it was. So I remember at one point there was a digital stuff, a EB, a a game babbages, stop, a babbages, <laughs> software, etc., etc. Et in the same mall. Huh? Like you, yeah. like how is the you? And you it's gone. Like it went from like this, and now it's going right back yep. down. <laughs> It's you just really go down crazy. to Valco and go to like five different game stores, and yeah. if they didn't have what you wanted, it clearly wasn't out yet. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's the final death of E3, and the last time you will ever have to watch our B-roll from E3 2019, which was the last time Sony ever attended E3, um, and that was really the beginning of the end. So anyway, when was it 20... 2019? Was the last time anybody attended E3? Well, yeah, I guess Sony no. was out before 20, that. Twenty one. No, 2019, that B-roll, I think, had PlayStation in it and had PlayStation VR 1. Um, was I believe it? so. Yeah, I think that was the last year. Or maybe it was 2018. It had to be 2018. Maybe. Because that was Spider-Man. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. That was 2018. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm really sad. Um, but it's been coming. Like, it's, it would be harder if I hadn't seen it coming and then it just happened out of the blue. Yeah, you had four years yeah. to sort of prepare. I, yeah, I could. I grieved the death of E3 for quite a while. It. I still think it sucks that it's gone, but... I grieved the death of E3 in 2014. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing any of y'all can do about it. And so it is just dust in the wind. Uh, next up. So the Game Awards happened this week. We're obviously going to talk about those very shortly. But a lot of times you get these little extra splinter stories that come off of the Game Awards because there's so many industry luminaries in town that all the publications line up to do interviews with them outside of the confines of the Game Awards. And and such a thing just happened with Nintendo and the team at Zelda. Um, IGN did an all-encompassing interview with Anuma and a couple other folks from Nintendo. And in my opinion, what came out of it was not very encouraging. And basically, what Nintendo said to IGN was that it does not understand why people want the old school version of Zelda that's more linear. Um, and basically just said that that's never happening. I didn't read that that way at all. Really? No. Because they, I mean, they just say the grass is greener line, but they basically were saying that in the sense of like people want what they don't have. Well, yeah. no, he said that he can't understand why someone would want less freedom. That doesn't make any sense to him. And that mm. means, like, wh- I'm not making a game like... To me, that's how I read it. That's exactly I, what he said, though. That's... Maybe I read a different translation or something? I, I didn't read that line. Yeah, that was straight I, out of IGN's, lifted straight out of their story. Was well, they, it, their comments on, like, wanting, like, another ocarina, like an Ocarina remake or something, or they're basically... He was basically saying, like, the grass seems greener when it's not what we're doing at the time, and it's not what you have. So I think, yeah, and he's, like, basically was, like, if we went and did that, people would complain that there wasn't any open world at the time, because, like, that's... His exact quote was, why would anybody want to go back and play the old games? 
and I, have I, less I, mean, I read freedom. that article. I don't remember that line. Is there, I mean, um, every, it's like eight different outlets quoted that exact quote in their yeah, stories. I don't, and I don't, in fact, that was the headline. Of I think this is just Nintendo being Nintendo. Like they're just we. They don't talk about it. I mean, they even asked about um, you know moving this format forward, and they said mm, we think that's this is probably about what it stands as what it is. Well, no, they said they don't want to do another sequel because they said making mm-hmm. a sequel to a sequel is stupid, and so they don't want to make a sequel to a sequel story wise. That's all they mm-hmm. were saying. So it won't be... But, but remember, they never make a separate standalone Zelda that's the same thing again. Well, they never make sequels. Like, right. usually they don't do direct sequels like they do with this one. But they made so much money I off Breath of the Wild, there's, like, no way that they I mean, can Majora's turn their back. I mean, Majora's is a sequel. Those terrible handheld games were sequels to Wind Waker. Um, even what's it? What's it? Were uh, they plot wise? Well, that's here's, so yeah. here's the other thing. Link to the what was it? Link to the Link Between Worlds is a sequel to uh, Link to the Past. Well, here's do it. so here's the thing. The other thing too that Nintendo said in these round of interviews, not just with IGN, but in the IGN one, basically it said like we don't give a crap about the timeline. Like that's mm-hmm. something y'all are worried about. Like we just want to make good Zelda games. I mean that's always been clear. So I think back to. One of the last big projects that we did at Game Trailers was a retrospective on Zelda called Timeline. And it was Mike Damiani was the one who led the chart. It was one of the biggest things we ever did. We had like full on CG, like motion graphics in it. Like it, it turned out amazing. However, I was the one who had to copy edit literally like 30 pages of script for that. And like I got to like the 18th page and I just went to Mike and I'm like, dude, does anybody believe this crap? Like, mm-hmm. are you just making this up? Like, because I just got lost. I'm like, I can't even follow this anymore. Like, so we had, that's, it ended up being different. Like, we ended up putting a lot of bullet points and stuff in there to, like, help people keep track of the stuff. I was just like, dude, I don't know. This feels like something fans care about and, like, nobody else does. Al Numa kept his own timeline for years and years. Secret from Miyamoto, because Miyamoto hates continuity mm-hmm. um and the the timeline the split timeline in that big zelda book that book they were covered yeah, that's what damiani uses as guidepost yeah basically. that that is mostly from Aonuma. like it that is? is mostly from how he broke it all down and like extrapolated from there and beyond beyond that time that Aonuma talked about that and and uh, is sort of like basically fans piecing together which subsequent game maybe goes in which timeline mm-hmm um, and then it all comes back together in something else, and maybe Wind Waker's. I don't remember because um, it doesn't matter. But like, yeah, but yeah it the, 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 tri- the triple split timeline <laughs> thing is like as official as you get mm-hmm. in the sense that like Anuma unofficially thought of it that way while he was making games, but just never told Miyamoto about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, the real answer is it doesn't matter. Like yeah. Zelda is basically a framework and it like there's no story there like it like it doesn't matter where breath of the wild takes it doesn't matter what happens in ocarina versus what happens in wind waker to like the hardcore it, fans it does though because they have nothing and I, I don't to do. care at all but like, like, i really but, but, care but again couldn't, couldn't to har- care less. I'm, I'm not even talking about that with the hardcore fans because no it doesn't because they can because they don't they, care you don't think they care about not something that isn't doesn't exist. Like I'm saying, if you just look at the text of the games, at no point in any game does it matter that you know or are aware of anything that oh, happens yeah, in any yeah. other They're game. They're all self-contained. It's all outside. Even, even Tears of the Kingdom, you didn't really need to know that much about Breath of the Wild. Not really. No. Yeah. I mean, they talked about it enough that you kind of pieced together. Okay, something yeah. happened mm-hmm. hundred years ago. Whatever. Yep. Um, but like, yeah, it, like none of it is relevant to anything. So, it, I mean, it's just it's just like nerds who like to put things in boxes. That's well, all. The compromise is sitting there, Matt. They can make an open world Zelda, and you just go to a dungeon. It's not right. that hard. They can find a happy medium for everybody. 
I mean, I'm hoping that that is the obvious next step. I hope. To do, to do an open world Zelda that actually feels like a Zelda game. The weird part is it seems like they don't understand what people say when they say they want a real Zelda dungeon. Like, they don't, for some reason, they can't get it. It's like, what do you mean you don't understand? You made Zelda games like this for 20 effing years. Like, how do you not get I it? Know. I don't understand why, like, I mean, I, the, 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 the war over you know, what this is versus what Zelda is or mm-hmm. what Breath of the I mean, I, all I can say is that one of the gaming moments that stands out for me this year is when I came in Tears of the Kingdom, I came to one of the, uh, it was like a treasure chest or something I wanted on top of a really tall stone column. And I spent all this time trying to like figure out where to jump from to glide to it or where like the puzzle to get the thing to raise up or lower down was mm-hmm. it. And eventually I got, t- I couldn't figure it out. So I looked it up online and it turns out the solution is just to glue six fucking panel, like wood panels. <laughs> together and lean it up against the column like a fucking ramp yeah. and i'm like i was so mad like <laughs> I mean, that's I, how i solved like, everything i i like i irrationally <laughs> angry i'm just like there's no way I mean, if, it's, if that's how you want to solve it and that's like a kind of a like you can use the the building thing to sort of short circuit the puzzle design yeah. that's okay but it turns out that's the only way to get that fucking thing well, that's the only way to get fuck you <laughs> fuck you that's not zelda that's not what I want from yeah. Zelda in any fucking way, shape, or form. I was furious for like a day about that. AJ <laughs> like, the Legend Watson asks, is it the timeline ultimately have to matter considering they're making a Zelda movie? No. No, because the Zelda movie is going to be unrelated to anything. Any of it. Yeah. It's just going to be Zelda as, <laughs> or the Ur-Zelda. It's just yeah. going to be like, Link has to rescue Zelda from canon. Like, Pretty that's much. It. That's going to be the premise, yeah. I would not try to hold the film to canon. Yeah, go, go place the Mario movie in, in, in yeah. the timeline. It's, no, it doesn't because it's <laughs> own fucking continuity like yeah. they're not gonna do that yeah so anyway, even uncharted didn't do that yeah so if you're i mean basically the best thing we can hope for now is for them to keep the open world design and then just put the dungeons in there it's not hard it's really not that hard just build your damn <laughs> dungeon and just plunk it down in the open world that's all you gotta do it's not hard estamont says if the guy who has made the game for 20 years doesn't get it don't you think that maybe it is you that doesn't get it uh, my response to no. that would be like, no. uh, George Lucas made Star Wars for 20-some years, and all y'all fucking whine for decades about the yeah. fucking prequels. So, no, that that argument doesn't really hold water to me. I don't care how long you've been doing something. I mean, something a lot of creators lose up. their way over time. It happens all the time. Like, it's that's not out of the ordinary for that to happen, for when someone works on something for 30 freaking years, for them to kind of lose sight of the product that they've been working on. I mean, I can understand why you kind of lose, I mean, not lose sight of it, but start to think that it doesn't matter as much when like the, you know. The sales. The sale. I mean, yeah. clearly people like it. Right. Yeah. Like it's not like it's, it's, removing dungeons has clearly not tanked Zelda as a franchise. Right. Yeah. So like, why, why would they worry about it? Yeah. But in I'm terms, sure that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like, like why, you know, my question is like, yeah, why, if you're going to say, okay, why wouldn't you want that freedom? I'm going to say, well, why wouldn't you want to put the, that discovery and thrill and design and puzzleness of those those dungeons in a game that has that the open freedom. freedom. Yeah. Like why not both. put both of those things together? Why not put that peanut butter in that chocolate? Yeah, you can do it. So anyway, if you're like me and you kind of miss those older Zelda games, you're kind of in a holding pattern wondering what they're going to do next, but the verbiage coming from Nintendo is not great. Uh, next up, the day before. <laughs> the biggest... Debac- is it the biggest debacle of this year now, Matt? It's easy to think, have recency bias, and be like, oh, this is the worst thing that happened this year, because it just happened. Mm-hmm. But for those of you who don't know, the day before is a shooter that was supposed to be, and it was marketed as, an open-world survival zombie shooter. 
Yeah, the 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 marketing made it seem like um, days or rust. One of those days or rust, but like also with like elements of um, uh, the state of decay. Yeah, like with that kind of persistent sort of emergent like thing. You know? Yep. Um, but which I'll be honest, I hadn't really heard of it until it popped up in oh, really? one of the things we talked about in the sh- in the show like last year or right. something. Right. Okay. Yeah, because that's when and people like, were like, "Wait a minute, this game's fake." Yeah. And so a lot of people thought this game was fake because, again, they sold it as this one type of shooter. And then when people actually saw the real game for the first time, they're like, wait a minute, this isn't an open world MMO shooter. This is like an extraction shooter. And that's ultimately Mm -hmm. what it ended up being. an extraction shooter that was thrown together in a couple of months, judging by what it turned out to be. I mean, it's actually... They should have called it four days after because that's (laughs) how long it took. (laughs) That's funny. I mean... I don't know. The game was better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest, Matt. I, I mean, really. The, I mean, the game technically existed, so that's a, right. That's a step. <laughs> and so people thought it didn't even exist. As it turns out, it did exist. It just wasn't what everybody thought it was going to be. And so the game came out what, like six days ago now? Seven? Like it was last week. It's like last yeah. week. And in the matter of four days, people, a bunch of people, bought it. People had, you know, fallen hook, line, and sinker for the the marketing for the yeah, game. Most, most wish listed game in Steam history. Yep. Ton of people bought it, put down their money for it, and more than half of those people asked for a refund within like the the uh, time limit that Valve gives you. What is it like? You can play it for what three hours or two hours or something, and still get your money back. Two hours is usually two hours. Yeah. And so more than half of the people who played it for two hours, like if you, got their money back. If you told me this was like a a PS4 Ubisoft game, I'd believe you. I mean, I don't think it looks that bad. It looks last gen. Yeah. Outside of like the standard like reflections that any Unreal 5 thing can do out of the box. I see a lot of games that look way worse than this game. But it doesn't look like those trailers. It doesn't right. look like what they saw. No, you're, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and so everybody asked for their money back. And then like two days later, the studio is like, well, that's it. We're closing down. Mm-hmm. And they they wiped everything. That, their YouTube channel, gone. Everything is gone. And Matt was telling me before we started uh, doing the show today that they still got away with 100,000 sales or something. Last I saw, 110,000 people had not refunded. Wow. Um, which it works which works out after Steam's cut to something like $3 million. And then again, you're going to lose some of that to tag whatever. Like They probably walked away with $2 million or so, which is actually not that much for how much time they put into this yeah, grift. The developers, when they quit, yes, was it yesterday or the day before? Yesterday, I think. I think it was yesterday. Yeah. They basically said, we've been working on this game for eight years, like off and on. And they said they've been working on it hard for like five years. And so imagine working all that time on something for basically nothing. Because yeah. the other thing, too, is that like now your reputation is shot. So can you go get a job at another developer when you have this on your resume? Probably not. So they probably looked at it like, well, dude, we're done in the games industry anyway. We might as well take whatever money we can and go. And it seems to be that's what's happened. Like, it'll be interesting to see if those other 100,000 people go to Valve and like, look, man, like, they're not support. This is an ongoing game that is not getting ongoing support. We were, it's basically a bait and switch. Can we get our money back? And Valve should probably give them their money back. Valve is, from what I understand. They are? Or it is? As far as I know. Okay. I mean, I knew that if they fell within the two-hour thing, they definitely were. I mean, the Steam page is gone. Like, the whole thing is white. It's crazy. It's like it never I've never seen anything like it before. Four days, I mean, I kind of, you know, the part of me, they expect, but also they've had other games. They have other, like, dumb games, Prop Night or yeah, whatever that was. they've had, like, five and, games or something. Yeah. And they were all sort of the similar level of disappointing, but, like, mm-hmm. it's it's just very funny that they just sort of cut and ran with yeah. this. It's, again, it's never, I've never seen it happen before. 
Um, Rigor Mortis UK asks, they only release what they did so they could have plausible deniability against scam accusations. I mean... It does probably protect them against certain legal actions. It helps. But also, I mean, there is a game there. I mean, I was I was shocked. I honestly thought the game was either going to not exist or it was going to be so broken that it wasn't even really considered a game. It was mm-hmm. just a bunch of scrambled yeah, code. It's just boring. It's just not a good game. Yeah. But it is a game that actually functions and works. Like, I, I don't know. I guess... I don't know what the laws are around stuff like this. It's definitely fuzzy. Like, fuzzy logic, fuzzy math yeah, around there's it. There's not really anything you can do about it, I don't think. Yeah. Just get your money back and move on. And maybe maybe don't believe weird maybe trailers learn a lesson. from, like, nobody's in the future. You know? Yeah. Like, and again, like, it was impressive looking when those things came out. I never really understood what all the hype was about. Like, it just looked like another zombie yeah, game Yeah, I mean, me. it looked no different than Days of Rust. Yeah. Not, you know, people like those, but they're not, sure. like, this phenomenon or anything. Like, But it's like, what it... it I, I didn't get it either. <laughs> Other than the visuals, I was like, okay, what's exciting about this exactly? Um, uh, E-Demon says Valve will hold funds for several weeks before Mm -hmm. they uh, issue any refunds. And Caleb says they likely only bothered to release it so they could get a little bit of their investment back. Uh, two million isn't much. Yeah, I mean they probably lost. They probably still lost money on this project, even yeah, if they did run away with a couple million being, dollars. Could not have been. Pro- I mean, the reason they probably bailed out is because not enough people bought it at launch, and they yeah. knew they weren't going to get any more sales. And they're like, that. "Why would we keep supporting this game? It's just a money right. pit." Yeah, I mean, I understand why ultimately they cut bait, but maybe the way they did it, they could have handled it a little bit better. But let's be honest, they were in a pretty crappy situation of their own making. I would, mm-hmm. remi- I would remind you. Yeah, because this this is the gameplay trailer that they yeah. put out. This is what it was supposed to be. This is what everyone thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah. And then it wasn't. So, lesson learned, I guess, for some people. Um, it'll happen again, eventually. But yeah. it's only happened... maybe not in four days. Like, this is... Yeah. This is pretty singular, even in the in the annals and journals of, uh, of, of video game scams and, yeah. and things like that. <laughs> I don't know if I look at it as a scam, really. I mean, you'd have to know the intent and the the yeah. behind the scenes story. I mean, it certainly feels like a grift of some kind, um, if not a scam. But I think I mean, initially maybe they were being deceptive, but over time they realized that they weren't going to be able to deliver what they promised, and then it was too late. Right, but they also never adjusted expectations mm-hmm. or had any kind of communication about yep. that. No, you're right. So that to me says they knew that they were deceptive. At the very least, it was negligence, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, and yeah, like. This was, I mean, this was clearly a custom built, like, you know, playlet that they put on yeah. that was had nothing to do with anything they were making as yeah. a game. Because the, the, I mean, the, the game as it was released is just a bunch of standard, you know, UE5 tricks and asset flips that probably could have been thrown together in less than a year. Yeah. So, I mean,. I mean, there's a lot of studios that work on games for three years that are in worse shape than this sure, one but, was. <laughs> sure, but the, what I'm saying is, like, they basically... A lot of the stuff that's in this this game as it was released was already working out of the box as an uh, Unreal game. Right. I mean, that, it's, it's... A lot of the work was already done. Yeah, there's no there's not a lot of custom happening here, yeah. which helps, uh, you know, the pipeline on that. And I would not be surprised if they basically just threw it together in the last, like, eight to nine months, hoping to get something out in time. Yeah. Uh, Digital Reflux says, why erase every trace of what they said the game w- was once going to be? Yeah, I mean, completely That's a erase, weird. Completely erasing your tracks indicates something to me as well. But they're there. Like, you yeah, you're just go in the way back the machine. Like, you're going to be nothing's able to Nothing's gone get from the stuff. internet forever, but it's just yeah. like, that to me indicates that you're afraid of legal action. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're trying to erase your tracks. Yep, could be. So there you go. That's the day before, hopefully, an isolated story that we don't have to share again yeah. for a long, long time. And hopefully time Valve doesn't give them any of that money. Any of it? 
I wouldn't say so. Yeah. It is, I mean, it is tough to work. Everyone should get their money back for something that you, for you dropped in four days. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. It's a weird situation. And again, ho- hopefully one we don't come across again for quite a while. Uh, next up, we talked about Fortnite and how it's turning into the metaverse in last week's episode. Well, one of the things that's inside Fortnite is Rock Band, basically. So mm-hmm. you, may, you may have forgotten that Epic Games bought Harmonix, the studio that makes Rock Band. And Matt and I were like, what in the hell? Why would they buy Harmonix? Like, guitar-based games are dead. Like, nobody wants those anymore. Well, now we see why they bought Harmonix, because now Rock Band is in Fortnite. And so people are now starting to ask Harmonix, like, what's going on? Like, how do you play Rock Band without guitars? And according to Harmonix, they are going to make guitars playable with this game. Wow. Uh, So the answer to that is if you want... If you want to have some guitars for your old rock band setup, get them now because they're about to become real expensive. So here's what I don't get. The Fortnite kids are going to want them. Do you think they're going to manufacture new guitars? Or do you think they're just going to release some kind of a dongle so that the Xbox 360 works on Xbox series and like I don't know. the PS3 works on? like Putting out actual guitars for this seems excessive unless it blows up real big. Yeah, I mean, it seems insane, Matt. I mean, building peripherals for guitar games bankrupted a couple companies. Like, yeah. some of them have never recovered from the last rock band and the last Guitar Hero where they just Stop. have warehouses Stop full of this giving crap. away free games on Epic Games Store are giving people free guitars right i mean that's how you bankrupt things you kind of have to have a guitar peripheral to play these games like otherwise you're jumping i mean it's it's tough to play what's the fun there's no fun in just hitting buttons on your controller along to the beat like that so and then there's the drums and there's the like Mm -hmm. what is gonna i don't understand are they i mean are they stealth bringing rock band back here like I mean, yeah, it's in for- inside Fortnite. It's not a separate standalone like product or anything. It doesn't have mm-hmm. its own like USP code or whatever. Like, but that might be enough to trick people into playing Rock Band again. I mean, I ser- I think. Probably- I mean, there's a whole. This is. A, this, I mean, Fortnite's audience is a generation of children that don't even know Rock Band and Guitar Hero exist. Yeah, I know. I know. I think what they're going to do is they're going to release dongles. I don't think they're going to go in the whole... I think they'll start with dongles or, or compatibility They'll figure out some way to I make mean, the old guitars work. I mean, the old ones are... Most, most of them, the old ones are USB anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they'll only be PS3 compatible or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think I think mostly yeah, either that or dongles. And in the end, if it blows up and becomes really popular, yeah, they'll be super limited edition Fortnite guitars and branded by all these different people. That might work. Things. Yeah. Like, if you get all the people who have done their concerts inside Fortnite yeah. to license the License stuff. the guitars, and you can go in during the concert and play the song with them. Like, or license even the microphone. Yeah. Like, yeah. that Anything. might work with the Fortnite kids, actually. Because yeah. these kids are so young, they don't even remember Rock and Band. And here's the thing. Buy the guitar includes a bunch of skins. Uh, that is a done get, deal. You can only get by buying the guitar. <laughs> I give them a bunch of V-Bucks with the guitar. Mm-hmm. It might work, actually. Sponsored by different musicians. You get a skin of that musician with the, with the instrument. This might be the only way that it works, actually. You're welcome, Epic. <laughs> My guess is there are some people from Epic who watch this show. Um, so You go tell them that, Jeremy. You tell them I sent you. <laughs> yeah. Do you think this is crazy? I think Epic's the only company that I, could probably do it. Right. I can't, like, call anything Fortnite does crazy right. anymore. Because it it's keeps working. Right every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you're right. Um, criticizing the, ma- the moves that Epic makes is a fool's errand because it seems to knock it out of the park almost every time, particularly with Fortnite. So mm-hmm. anyway, if you miss the old days of Guitar Hero and Rock Band and you haven't thrown away your guitars, don't throw them away because you could end up using them or you could end up being able to sell them 
on like eBay yeah, or Craigslist. No, like they might actually be worth something again. So just something to keep in mind as we go forward. It looks like those old pieces of plastic that we all thought we were going to throw away one day might actually be worth keeping at this point. Um, we got some bad news today, but we knew about it about a week ago, Matt. Free Radical Design has been shut down by our good friends at Embracer. Yep. Um, for those of you who don't know, Free Radical Design, when it first launched, was an offshoot of Rare. A bunch of people who had worked on GoldenEye and Perfect Dark left to go work on their own stuff. I believe that happened when Microsoft bought Rare. Um, Is that right? It was a little before that. Was it before? Yeah. It, it. I mean, it was probably somewhat... I mean, I'm sure the rumblings of that sale were happening internally at the time, so it probably did relate to it. But yeah. I believe it was a little before that. Yeah. Basically, Around that time, though. Yeah, I think it was basically a, a perfect storm of, like, we're clearly not going to be allowed to make the games we want to make going mm -hmm. forward, and yep. they decided to do their own thing. Yep, and they released Time Splitters, and then Time Splitters 2, and obviously they weren't as popular as Goldeneye, but they did find an audience. People yeah, were fans did, of Yeah, they do have Splitters. a very good reputation to this day. Yep, um, and they're shutting down because they're another studio that Embracer acquired. Embracer doesn't know what to do with them. There was a Time Splitters reboot coming, by the way. Mm -hmm. I think we we're supposed to get the first look at it next year. Now that's never going to happen. Um, they are the studios already posted all their farewells. Another studio bites the dust because of Embracer's buying spree. It's really gross what is happening, mm -hmm. but it's going to keep happening. They made a big bet, and they lost the bet, and now thousands of people lose their jobs. Now everybody else pays. Yeah. yeah. Not the people who made the bet, right. of course. Right. Everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. The employees, the people who work for your company are the ones who are paying the price for it. So rest in peace. Another studio gone that goes way back to our history in this industry, Matt, for sure. Uh, but rest in peace. Free Radical Design. It's really a shame. But to be fair, Matt, they haven't really made anything for a really long time. Like, they were way overdue to release a product. So, look, I will say this. If I'm Embracer and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at a portfolio of studios that we have, I hate to say it, Free Radical Design would probably be one of the first ones I would cut. Mm -hmm. um, so, in that way, probably Embracer made the right decision. It just hurts to see it happen because they shouldn't have to make that decision at all if they had operated their business properly and not just went on a spending spree right. trying but to crack were, some weird they deal. they were never the going to. Yeah. That was the, I mean, it's called Embracer for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well called it Amoeba. Yeah. So rest in peace, free radical design. It really sucks. Uh, next up, obviously, we talked about Grand Theft Auto 6 a bunch in last week's episode because we got the first trailer that you're seeing right now. Well, some of the residuals from this first trailer, there are people in Florida, Florida man, who are unhappy because Matt Rockstar used real viral videos and real viral people mm -hmm. in this trailer. So the shot where it goes Lightly through... Like, painted over. <laughs> I mean... Some of them were pretty almost identical to what was actually. And so mm -hmm. Florida man, who is this guy who has tattoos all over his face, is accusing Rockstar of using his likeness in this trailer. And he wants $2 million. Uh, he's not going to get $2 million. He's not going to get anything. No. Nobody seems to understand what parody means anymore. Like everyone well, I also liked um, the guy who voiced Arthur in Red Dead Redemption 2 responded to him. It's like, you're not getting anything. <laughs> Rockstar has lawyers that are stronger than the army. He like, knows better than anybody, oh, yeah. I'm sure. So this, this is a real viral video. Mm -hmm. This person, this person actually hasn't raised a ruckus yet, but this was no. from a real viral video. She, she'd have a hard time because she doesn't really look like that person. Yeah, she actually looks like, a good bit different. Most of the characters in this have been redone into different people, but they're just doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Including the guy dragging the alligator this, out, of the, out of the pool. 
Yeah, yeah, and like that guy, like the the. the this is the guy. This is Florida man who's suing, trying to sue right. Rockstar. Although you know, all the tattoos he has are different. Yeah, like it's he it, just he, has a tattooed face. Yeah. Like that's really the. And old this guy, like, and you have a you have basically a um, a rock solid uh, defense here because the the word on his forehead clearly marks him as a Jared Leto Joker right. uh, parody as well. Right. Yeah. So and it's like you, you can't really do much about it because a lot of this stuff, especially this one, this is. One of the reasons Florida Man is a thing is because Florida has no privacy protections for people who've been taken into custody or charged with anything. That's why so many episodes um, of Cops are filmed there. Right, and it's why you see everybody's face and name every time anything weird happens in Florida. Most other states, if things like that also happen, but it's not legal to publicly release the identity information about the case. Right. But in Florida, you can because... Florida's a fucking hellscape. So well, journalists in so Florida. So that's why the Florida man thing is is a joke because there's just no protection for people who do crazy shit down there. And like because so much of that is legally released and be and made like it, basically he counts as a public figure yeah, because he does. of it. Yeah. So there's not really anything you can do about it. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is that journalists in Florida know that people search for Florida man, oh, yeah. and so they start their articles with Florida man does whatever. Yeah. And, now it's just a self perpetuating cycle. Right. It's pretty crazy. So anyway, this guy's going to get nothing, although he did seem to get about five minutes of fame out of this. Now some people know who he is. Yeah, but that's, about, um, that's, that's all he gets. <laughs> you're right. That's about all he's going to get. Um, if there's, Believe me, Rockstar had this thing locked down, stone oh, yeah. cold lock, for months before it ever debuted. Like they, Their lawyers combed through this thing like a million times, frame by frame, making sure there was nothing in there that they could get sued for. So, Florida man, I'm sorry. You're not going to get any money. I hope you enjoyed your five minutes of fame. We just gave him another five minutes here on Game Face. Maybe that's my mistake. Um, next story in housekeeping. A research firm called Ultra announced this week that just 36% of PC games are purchased at full price. That tracks. It it definitely tracks at least anecdotally for me it feels like that mm -hmm. when you look at sales numbers obviously people there was a period where the idea of paying more than 19 dollars for a pc game was crazy to me i know yeah like, steam sales broke the curve on that real hard and yep. they've they've pulled it back a little bit in the last like 10 years i'd say where like it's not as um you know the deep discounts aren't as deep anymore yeah. you know you're, you're looking at like nowadays if my something on my wish list is more than 50 percent off i'm like oh don't go yeah, yeah it used to be like steam sales were like 90 percent yeah off i know like i don't even go check them out anymore mm -hmm. honestly i've kind of given up um here's the thing though matt um people always wonder why okay a game comes out for xbox series and ps5 it seems okay pc version comes out first of all people are pissed off why does sometimes the pc version come out later this is why because mm -hmm. Only 36% of you are buying new games on PC. Right. Everybody else waits for the prices to go down. Well, also one of the one of the ex-Rockstar guys uh, posted a video where he talked about that this week, where he basically said, yeah, the the PC version's lower, lower priority for Rockstar because the console versions sell three, four, five times as much. Like, there's no reason to put that much effort up front into the PC version because you're making vastly less money from it. It's only worthwhile later when you're sort of like, you can get around to it. Yeah, or you want to get more people into Grand Theft Auto Online, and you've kind of already hit your it's zenith this far. Sort of, but like even then, they know. I mean, they know that that's basically interesting. It's it's the PC version to Rockstar is useful because years after the game is already out and done, 
people are modding it and putting it back in the news news cycle again on yeah. the PC. That's the use. That's the use of the PC version. Is it kind of has this extra life that way? Yeah. Um, but even my friends back at Ubi, back when they were at Ubisoft years and years ago, back in the heyday of Assassin's Creed and stuff, were all like, "Yeah, the PC version. You know, rule of thumb was PC version going to sell thirty percent of what." The consoles do and that's each console not the total of right con- yeah. not total console sales it's each console is going to sell triple or quadruple yeah. what the pc does yeah. it, the pc is an afterthought for a reason and you also wonder like why when the ports do come out why are they half-assed why don't they run well Again, this is why. That's it. Yeah, because PC players are not buying games new. Yeah, and and those who do are going to do it anyway. Yeah, and basically they know they have time to fix these games before the majority of the PC audience even sees them. Yeah, and and you could say that that's a snake eating its own tail in the sense like a lot of people don't buy PC games at launch because they expect them to be broken and yeah. not working. It's a catch twenty two. So. Yeah. You never know, but yeah, like the the the, the fact remains that while a, P, a high-powered PC is the best you can get these things to look and play, uh, it is the still a niche market yeah. compared to literally every other way of playing a game. If you guys want to be treated better, so that maybe Stadia. You got to start buying games at launch. That's just the truth. You got to buy them at full price. Like I understand why you don't, but if you, if you're gonna do that and buy stuff on a discount, don't whine and complain that either ports are broken or they show up 18 months later. Another thing that's kind of related to this is that Final Fantasy 16, which is eventually coming to PC, Square Enix announced this week that um, it is not going to reprogram the game to work with mechanical hard drives. You're just like mm-hmm. on console, you're gonna you're required to have an SSD on your PC I mean, to if, play Final Fantasy 16. I mean, if you're seriously playing game playing games seriously on your PC, and if you have a PC that can run Final Fantasy 16. You and, you don't have, a, and you don't have an SSD. I don't know what the hell you're doing. Well, I think most, like, I have an SSD, but it's only, like, 128 gigs or whatever. Well, I just have, like, my iOS installed yeah, on it. And, you're a very, you have a very old one, like my, yeah. like my old one. Like, I had one, uh, just the one SSD in my old one, my Titan, yeah. my Titan one. And it was, yeah, it was just to hold the, uh, the OS and make sure all that ran fast. But nowadays, if you're, if you've built one in the last five years, you've got at least one extra SSD for installing things that need faster access. Yeah. They're still so much more expensive than mechanical drives. They are, but like the performance is, it makes a difference. Uh, you know, I can't imagine, this is not really a game to, for someone to buy an SSD for. I can't imagine you don't already have one for stuff yeah. like Cyberpunk or, yeah. or My whatever. My point is that Square Enix is realistically looking at the sales and it's like, yeah, we're going to cut off some of the PC market if we don't let it run on mechanical drives, but it's not worth it worrying about it because yeah. there's not it's enough not, people buying new right. games. And it's not worth the, the work it would take. Yeah, to it's just not. It work. Yeah. And you're right. Most core gamers, what? core PC gamers, they do have a big SSD. Wait till they put it on the Xbox and have to fit it on the Series S. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Although at least that has Maybe it doesn't, access. though. Who knows? We'll see at that point if yeah, like, I don't know. Microsoft is still pushing that on third parties. But um, again, I, I do believe that most core PC players do have a big SSD drive. Um, I play most of my games on console. So when I build a PC, mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, I just want my OS to run fast. I'll run my games off my mechanical drive. You can't really do that anymore if you want to play some of these console games. So, you know, if you look at Insomniac, like Insomniac got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart to work on mechanical drives. It 
wasn't ideal, but it worked. Yeah, I mean, it's awful, but yeah. like I can see why Square Enix, uh, who's very you know uncompromising, presentationally uncompromising, would be able would say like, no, we're just not going to allow it to look because I mean, yeah. all the videos that came out of Ratchet looking like that were not good. No, they were not. Game. They're not helping sell the game. That's and I'm sure. you know I'm sure when this comes out, people will be find a way to force it to run on on mechanical drives, and we'll see some weird shit that that way. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, mm. it is what it is. Again, you got to start buying games when they're new on PC if you want this stuff to change. Um, next up, we just got news this morning that the Alone in the Dark reboot has been delayed yet again to March 20th. I feel like this game is like dead on arrival, Matt. I just, I just really do. Well, I mean, yeah, it's Alone in the Dark. Uh, it's never been a big IP. And I'll be honest with you, like I played the demo of this. It was so boring. And you watch these trailers. They're so boring. There's nothing, there's not even anything scary about them. They're just boring. Like, this game is going to tank. This is also, I believe, Embracer, by the way. I think it's one of the games Embracer mm -hmm. is publishing. Um, and it greenlit it, and here it comes. It's coming here in a couple months. But I think this game is just going to tank horribly, despite the fact that by March, so January and February are actually pretty good for game releases. By March, things start drying up a little bit. Even with that, I don't see this game getting any traction. Like, the... The data for this on Sifted is abysmal. Nobody cares. Nobody watches any of the trailers or reads any of the, the stories about it. This game, I think, is going to flop. But it could be a case where it just ends up being so good that people can't deny it. I don't know. That would be a first for this series. It would be, yeah. I mean, there's never been a great Alone in the Dark. The no. first Alone in the Dark was... I wouldn't say great, but it was groundbreaking. Yeah, it was the first survival horror, yeah. survival horror game. But since then, it's been the cut-rate survival horror yeah. franchise. And every time they try to reboot it or reinvent it, it's just sort of like, meh. Like it's always one, boring. That one that took place in Central Park had the worst driving sequences oh, in right. a non-driving <laughs> game I have ever <laughs> played. Right. Ever played. <laughs> yeah. Just awful. Yeah. So anyway, um, the game is delayed again to March 20th. I'm sure that broke all your hearts because I know that none of you care because I see the data and none of you guys are watching anything related to this game um and then the final piece of housekeeping for episode 370 is suicide squad a game that we also talked about last week and we've talked about pretty regularly re regularly recently um <laughs> rocksteady just announced this week that the game will eventually get an offline mode so it is a cooperative third person shooter um and initially at launch, it's going to be online only. If you don't have an internet connection, you're not going to be able to play the game at all. They didn't say how long it's going to take after the release of the game before that's out there, but they said that it'll be one of their priorities. Um, do you care about this stuff, Matt? Having no. to be connected online? No. I don't either. I mean, I'm going to play this game single player probably anyway. Yeah. I'll just be online while I do it. Like, as it long as eventually there's an offline version. So for the sake of preserving gaming history and things like that, because mm -hmm. if a game is always online, once it goes away, there's no playing it yeah. again. Or maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Avatar won't install without an internet connection. Right. Well, it has, Matt, it has DRM on even the console versions, mm -hmm. not just PC. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch this game and see how it does in so many different ways. Um, but I am glad that Rocksteady is concerned about it and they're worried about it. I don't really care how long it takes for them to get the offline mode ready because no. I don't really, I don't really care if a game's online only. Other no, than really, I mean, I'm, everything I have is online all the time anyway, unless yeah. Spectrum goes down. So yeah, other than preserving the game for posterity's sake, it's not a big deal. So no. a bunch of leaks came out about this yesterday too. Oh, again? Yeah. Like uh, what? 
uh, all the that DLC, you want to share here. All the DLC characters, uh, partly this thing, this uh, online thing, a, a bunch of things like that. It was not nothing too super exciting. Yeah. Um, the DLC lineup is a choice. Um, I thought it was funny that people were considering that spoilers. It's people DLC. consider everything spoilers, Matt. Like it's there's it's no story joke. in it. <laughs> it's just who's going to be in the DLC. Yeah. Um, two of them are interesting characters, and the other two are characters you've never heard of. So, no. good luck. Yeah. Even one of them, put it this way, you know how much of a comic book guy I am. Yeah. I had to look one of them up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> wow. That's saying something. Um, but anyway, I, it'll be really interesting to see how this game does, because I could see this getting a big marketing push with big advertising dollars, and I could see, like, casual players being like, Superman's a bad guy? Hell yeah. Like, it could end up doing I mean, pretty he's well. He's already been a bad guy in the Snyder movies, right. basically. So, yeah. I don't know what certain people's obsession is with Superman being a scary monster, <laughs> but, like, stop it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, everyone's like, I always see people, like, posting pictures from, like, Man of Steel and Justice League and Batman v Superman being like, oh my God, it's the best picture of Superman ever. And it's like, it's all like pitch black. He's like covered in dirt and blood and like everything's muted. And he's like, it's Henry Cavill like doing this heat vision thing with all the veins burning around his eye. I'm like, no, that's terrifying. Yeah. That's not what fucking Superman is. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think some people might be excited by it, but yeah, we'll see. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of interesting things to look at around this game when it finally does come out. So. There you go. It's the latest on Suicide Squad. And with that, we have wrapped up our housekeeping. Definitely a little earlier than prior episodes, which is good because we have a lot to get to. I'm keeping an eye on that clock throughout the episode all day today. So we are now ready to get on with the bulk of our last episode for 2023. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. LS Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com sifted. That's creamls.com sifted. That's right, get your ass on some cream ass. Pronto, go to creamls.com sifted. Like I've been saying, it is the perfect Christmas liqueur drink. You can get that steady little buzz going, be happy and merry. Um, without getting drunk and making a fool out of yourself. It's perfect for the holidays. Go to creamls.com slash sifted. There you can buy online or you can find a store locator. You can swing by and pick it up before you go to a holiday party, before people come over. Um, and again, try to remember to use that URL. That's creamls.com slash sifted when you go there. Also, there's great drink recipes. So if like you're having people over on Christmas Eve, you want to set up a bunch of drinks for everybody coming over, get a recipe from the website, mix them up, and everyone rolls in, you hand them their drink, everything gets set off right away. Again, perfect for the holiday season. Support LS Cream, made by a sifter, made by a gamer. Nobody better to support. Perfect drink for the holiday season. That's LS Cream. And with that, oh, there you go. Gotta get our brand, there we go, much better. <laughs> and with that, 
It's time to kick off the show proper. We're going to start off with the Game Awards 2023. No surprise there. Easily the biggest event for the last week. Easily probably the biggest event since Game Gamescom. Is that fair? Um, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It does feel a little bit like the Game Awards are replacing E3, maybe. No. Um, no? I guess Summerfest might be. As far as, like, to. announcements and stuff. Hmm... There was no AAA in this to, to speak of. Like when 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 we start getting like the new Zelda announced at this, call me. But until then, this is sort of I I don't know. This is Gamescom again. Yeah, I guess like Gamescom level maybe sort of. Yeah, a good Gamescom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's better than Gamescom sometimes. Oh, it always is. Um, it always has way more debuts than Gamescom. Gamescom mm -hmm. really well now that may change because there's only three. But Gamescom used to just be like, here's the same demo we had at E3 in June. Yeah. Everybody gets to play it now. But now that may change. I mean, there may be a lot more debuts at Gamescom going forward. I don't think so. I don't either. I think people. I think companies. <laughs> there are, may. I think people. Companies are just going to save the manpower and the money that they would normally spend making these demos for fourteen hundred people. Yeah. And just continue working on the game. It's possible. So we're going to split this up into a few sections. We're going to talk about the show itself. Then we're going to talk about the awards. And then we're going to talk about the debuts. So let's kick things off talking about the show in general. Matt, what were your general impressions of the Game Awards 2023? Um, it, I, I, don't, I didn't think it was as good as the last few. No? It didn't hang together quite right. And I can't quite put my finger on why. It was not engaging in a different way. And I, th I thought they've basically been kind of steadily improving a little bit every year. This felt like it wasn't. An improvement it felt like a step back it felt a little it felt a little soulless somehow hmm. um some of that might just be that it is so many celebrities presenting things uh many of whom didn't really seem like they had a reason to be there mm -hmm. um at least matthew mcconaughey is actually voicing a character in and, the game uh, oh no this was fine and yeah. actually exodus is actually one of the few things i thought was really interesting uh in the whole thing but mm -hmm. like um, in terms of the new announcements, but uh, you know, basically, like the fact that the presenters got to talk longer than the winners That's was part weird. of that. Yeah, it didn't feel like much of a celebration of games or the people who had achieved things in games so much. I mean, it was it really felt like the game adverts this year instead of the game awards. I know that's like a running gag, and I've always kind of noted that this is a commercial that happens to justify its existence with awards. Mm -hmm. um, but it has never felt more like that than this year. Okay, I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, I I did think it got just a little bit better. I agree with you that it's got a little bit better the last few years, and I thought this year also it just got a little bit better. Um, the people seem to be in an uproar over how much time people got to accept their awards that they were pushing them off the stage. But you know, I've worked on twelve or thirteen award shows throughout my career, and like that's just kind of the way it is now the I've time never did seen seem an, a little shorter i've never seen an award show that only gave you 30 seconds yeah that's that ridiculous. does seem a little short that's absolutely fucking ridiculous and the please wrap it up thing is rude yeah like there's like well he, see what happened last year is you have the first guy come on the show i don't care what Chris and then he just ruined year. the whole rest of the run well he ruined it but they still invited him back didn't they well because it's a running gag then yeah but then don't run it don't call attention to the running gag and then overcorrect the other direction and ruin it for the people who actually were supposed to be honored the, i mean some of those people that were up there winning 
at the pinnacle of their achievement in this in this we may never see them on an international no, broadcast true. stage again like yeah. that and that they that's what they got and they got cut off in the middle of trying to give some kind of tribute to their their uh, their their dead uh, co-worker who didn't who didn't live to see this or like they cut Larian off before they could even sh- yeah. announce they were shadow dropping the Xbox version of Baldur's Gate 3 that it's ridiculous and meanwhile Kojima gets to talk for 10 minutes about nothing we i mean does that surprise you at all no, but it just sort of exposes how much of a fucking joke this is. Yeah. Like, they don't take these awards seriously at all. I think it's never it... been more clear than this year. And finally, finally, other people are fucking complaining about that. I felt like the only person in the fucking woods on this for years. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, he just listed RPG without letting anybody come up and accept the award. I'm like, yeah, he does that every year. Why so, did nobody, nobody cared until Baldur's Gate 3 was the RPG, I guess. Yeah. So I kept the log of this show and, like, a dumbass, I totally forgot to bring it, which sucks because I worked really hard on it but one thing i will say is like if you look at the whole rundown of this show there were a shit ton of awards given out in the show like a shit ton like way more than ever before like double what they're usually are now i agree they kind of acted like they didn't want to do them or they he had a female host just like quickly go through them a lot of times totally agree with that but they gave away way more awards last year they gave them all away on the pre-show like literally like 60 or 70 percent of the awards were given away before the show even happened but if you look at the rundown on this like i can see where jeff is coming from because that's what the show is when you're working on it for the whole year it's a rundown that's always moving and changing and shifting but if you just so what i did when i did the rundown was anytime they gave out an award i wrote award in all caps so it was easy to scan the rundown and see and man, they gave away a shit ton of awards in this year's show. Like they sure, really but how did. many were actually on the stage I, the winner? Not a lot. And I do agree. That's with you. how that's how you prove to me that you care about these awards as yeah. awards. Like again, not, it's not the show. That's not so what the show is. The lower third there, happy medium. That's what Jeff is trying to do with this show. Well, He's Jeff got, has failed. He has to please so many different types of people with this show. And here's the one thing I will say is like, if my wife stumbles into the room while this is on, or my mom's flipping by and it's on, like. This is a good representation of the games industry for most people. To the core of the core, and truth be told, most of the people that actually watch it, it's not great, but it's a hard job, man. Like, think back to the game, the VGAs on Spike. When yeah, they I had, know. like... I mean, I mean, I'm aware of all this. It's also a hard job to make a video game, but I still fucking hated playing Redfall. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Like, it's a bad way to do it. It's not working. It it makes the awards feel like an afterthought, and it just feels rude. This year, it felt rude to the people who won. It's never felt like that before. The problem is, Matt, anyway. that nobody watches award shows. Because, and their ratings Well, they don't all... have the awards in it. Just make it another game. The thing like the Summer Games Fest so, or whatever else. But why would else. you not want them to recognize people at all? Because they're not doing it properly already. But it's better than nothing. So just hand them out and make a press release about it and call it in. Don't make everybody fly into L.A. to do this shit. By the way, okay, so we're just talking about the show right now. Look at that shot, Matt. Out Mm -hmm. of focus. Yeah. Because they have their cameras on autofocus at an awards show, Mm -hmm. dude. The camera, you can't see it because the graphic is over it. The camera is actually... The camera's focused on the neon in the background, yeah. I saw that a lot. Yeah. Dude, that is amateur hour yeah. shit, man. Yes, it is. They had their cameras on autofocus for an award show. She's bi- she is blurry almost every time All they the cut time. to her. The cameras didn't want to focus on her on her for some reason. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. Like they the cameras loved the back the background set, but they that happened a couple happened on a couple of things with Keeley too. That's why you don't put it on autofocus. You yeah. manually focus on the talent. Like Well, now it's focused on the award. Right. 
<laughs> the awards in this perfect is, focus. Matt, you know as well as I do, working in production, that yeah. is something that just does oh, yeah. not happen. It just doesn't happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've, I haven't seen that since I was like doing camera stuff in college at like Great. football games. Like, Matt, that happens sometimes on our show because we don't have camera sure. operators. The cameras just sit there and every once in a while they'll get a little fuzzy or whatever. This is a podcast that we run on Twitch. Like, mm-hmm. Also, this was interesting that... that this uh, makes me Iron sick. Mouse. This makes me sick. Actually, no, uh, she's okay. Um, she's Dude, a- this is the content creator of the year. Some right. weird anime girl. Right, but so Iron Mouse. I didn't know anything about Iron Mouse when she won, um, and I would have given it to People Make Games because they made that documentary yeah. about Disco Elysium and all the weird shit. Yeah. But, but I, I already knew that a documentary about the shady bullshit that happens in the, ga- in the <laughs> game industry was not going to win at the Game Awards. Yeah. So that's not what we're about here. Yeah. Um, Iron Mouse is actually a chronically ill, uh, bed bed uh, ridden like uh, woman who oh. who does uh, streams through the VTuber thing because basically she is on oxygen, like she can't oh. basically host normally like you'd expect from. T- so I she did uses not know that. that and uses like a voice changer to like so mm-hmm. she doesn't sound as as whatever. But she does all this crazy shit and she like interacts with everybody and she's super nice about things and she runs charity things. Every single person who designs or makes anything for a channel, she pays. Oh wow. Like she is, she, I don't think I have ever seen a more universally positively cons- a, a considered Twitch streamer ever. Wow. Like every, I have not found a single human being <laughs> who knows who she, who she is or watches her has a single negative thing to say about her. It's I had remarkable. no idea what it she was. I didn't know about Iron I Mouse literally either. thought it was trolling. Well, yeah. No, I was like, I thought it was like some kind of like, what <laughs> I is I thought this? it was the fans trolling. I was like, is that a guy that's pretending to be like a weird, cute anime girl? And I looked it up because I had to find out. Like, no, it turns out she's super legit, super that's awesome. good, super cool. That's great to hear. I really thought it was the fans trolling Jeff. And, and picking the worst option of all of them. Oh, no, it's not a fan-voted one. Oh, it's not? No. The uh, only fan-voted one is the players, players uh, whatever that one thing is, and that was Baldur's Most anticipated Gate. or whatever? No, it's 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 the favorite game of the whole uh, year. It was They voted it down from whatever number and down to, like, five or six, and then Baldur's Gate won. It was the gotcha. one with Genshin Impact, because it, it was oh, right. any game. It, was, it, was, it didn't have to be this year released. Gotcha, so, gotcha. But that was Baldur's Gate. That's the only player-voted one. Everything else was the panel. Yeah. Um, so, I, again, looking at the rundown, I felt like the mix of the awards and the performances and the premieres were pretty good. I do agree that they pushed some people off the stage I, a little I too don't, quickly. I, don't, I just don't think that's true. I, I, it's, there's not enough awards given out on the thing. No, Maybe, I just told you there's like a million of them, like almost all no, of them. No, I mean given out on the stage but Matt, to a winner. nobody's going to watch that, dude. Then why are you calling them Matt, the Game Awards? there's already award shows that do that. They're called the Dice Awards. Nobody cares. That award show is live streamed. The last time I watched a live stream of the Dice Awards, there were 1,100 people watching the Dice Awards. But you could make Nobody cares. That. You can't do this show and have it that way, Matt. You can't. Look, even like well, the Oscars. Well, then it's a failure from the beginning. Look at the ratings of the Oscars. They're in a free fall. Every award show like that is like that where it's just boring ass. I'm not saying walk take- up, talk for ten minutes. Here's no one talk for ten minutes. They talk for thirty fucking seconds. It's, no, it's I'm saying joke. the other shows that do what you're purporting this show should. I'm do. not saying the that ratings they should are do all that. in a free fall. Why would you ever design your because show that they way? are still going to watch the fucking bullshit trailer announcements, whether there's awards between them or not. You can do whatever you want. In I don't. I disagree. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I would not watch that. Yeah, I would. You would. 
I would not. Of course you would. I mean, I have to because it's my job. Exactly. But I would not watch it on my own volition ever. Like I, that's like the you don't last care thing what any, watch. you don't care what the people who actually make this shit have to say about their achievements like, up there. If something bubbles up, they say something creative, it'll end up on social media, and I'll watch it there. I don't have to sit and okay, watch a three-hour show. Okay, then the awards are pointless, and they should just run trailers for three hours. No, I didn't say that at all. That's what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. You're just going to extremes. Well, I, I thought it was. I, you're events. going to extremes because I did never said it should be the. Oscars with no fucking trailers or interesting announcements or anything like that. I'm saying let them talk about what they're fucking being given and use your fucking brain when you're deciding what, if you insist on only giving like five awards out on stage with winners acceptance speeches, use your fucking brain when it comes to which ones you're giving out. Because yes, every other year best RPG was given out as a fucking listicle, which is fine usually because yeah. it's some like random thing no one cares about or a dupa. But this year it was the fucking game of the year. It was the Baldur's Gate 3. Mm -hmm. And if you're only going to give people 30 seconds to fucking talk, maybe they get, they get a full minute because they won two awards. That's what I'm saying. No, again, I agree. Like, they should have given them more time. On top of time. that, you but can't, you can't I don't think you should seconds. for what the Oscars might like, give them, like, eight minutes They don't there. give them eight minutes. They give them 60 seconds. Really? Yes. You don't cut off the fucking best actress. Well, then that's normally. really boring. Go watch. It seems like eight minutes. No, it's well. So, they, no one has ever talked as long as Christopher Judge. Christopher Judge did last year at the Game Awards yeah. on an award show ever. And I do never. agree. It's Jeff never was, happened. was terrified by that. It kind of ruined his show last year, and he did overcorrect. Well, also, I agree. I mean, well, the overcorrection should have been to fucking push Christopher Judge off the goddamn stage last year because yeah. you have to control your show. The, the, that was a failing of him, not him. Whoever's running the show. I mean, obviously, yeah. he can't run the show like that. He's trying to host it. Yeah. But picking like, the awards, though, you know why they, why they pick the awards they do. It's the ones where they can get the celebrity to come up on but it's stage. But it's the same awards they give out every year. Like, it's the same awards. it's always the, the ones where you can get the celebrities to show right. up. Best performance, the very stuff least, like that. Give, you got to give more than 30 seconds to a fucking award that's being accepted by a Japanese person who needs a translator. Or like who flew. Flew to the other, <laughs> from the other side of the fucking planet. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so again, it's it's a it's a hard job, man, to try to please people like us and to try to please people who it's are. It's not a hard job to get to this right. And to please the sponsors. That's the other thing. Well, who are the sponsors? That's what. See, so what's what's the? Well, that's the biggest what, problem I have with this. I couldn't tell the well, difference right. anymore. I mean, yeah, that's a totally different. <laughs> but what's what, okay? You don't have time. I mean, it's arbitrary idea that you can't be more than three hours or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, which is not true. You can go as long as you fucking arbitrarily. It should be two hours max. Well, arbit. I mean, then you can have way less trailers. Yeah. Um, well, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but like, but he's not apparently. But uh, like, so what I'm saying is like, you're not getting any money from the trailers that are just like announcement trailers, right? right? Like, that's yeah. not happening. No. Cut four or five of the fucking indie game things no one gives a shit about. And let people talk about their goddamn award. I would acceptance. agree with that. Yeah, like, that's, there you go. that's a worthwhile cutoff. Although they don't show a lot of indie stuff in the show, let's be honest. Like that is the stuff I mean, that they, they did do, have in the. I mean, they though. do though because so many of these uh, these trailers were just games that have no publisher yet. Yeah, like there's a lot of indie stuff in here that doesn't that looks like double A level stuff. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, but like most of the stuff you saw here in in this show being announced, even the stuff that's really interesting, like the game from uh, the that woman who everybody loves, whose name I can't remember, the Japanese woman who. Oh uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about it. Is that even a game? Yeah, I think is it, it is. I couldn't it, tell. It looks like, like some kind of like persona jet set radio thing, but that doesn't have a publisher yet. Yeah. Like so that's like literally the definition of an independent game, yeah, even yeah. if it doesn't have pixel art on it. Yeah. Um but it's just like what are you doing with like Here's what I wonder. The, the presenters were talking longer than the winners, which is, I've never seen that before. Even in the most, like, egregious Oscars show or Golden Globes nonsense, I've never seen outside of a couple skits. Like, it's like, hey, you want some more time back for fucking but see, Matt, Al the, Newman the, to talk about Zelda? Maybe don't do a five-minute thing with Gonzo. But, Matt, the problem there is that at those award shows, it's all celebrities. 
Mm-hmm. If you watch a, an award show of the Oscars or the Grammys, like people watch that, you know everybody who goes up on stage. If you watch this award show, most people, the only people that they know, if there wasn't a lower third there, I, I would mean, argue even probably half of okay, our audience I'm, wouldn't know who okay, those people I mean, were. That's not true. Because, really? I mean, you, know, you think more than half our audience know who all the no, people I'm not are without that. I'm third? saying what you're saying about other award shows. If In the Oscars, you know five people that get awards at that show. The four actors and the director. Maybe the screenwriter. No, you're right. You're right. Like a lot of the production-related stuff, people won't know who they that are. That is simply yeah. not true. Yeah. Like, and, like, it is, that's true of every awards show because at some point when you're honoring the people that make this shit, they're the people who aren't in front of the camera. And that's probably why the ratings for all award shows are in the toilet. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it depends. Like, the yeah. celebrity thing matters, sure. It it's does, like It's yeah. why the Oscars and the Golden Globes are still better rhetorated than the Tonys, which I don't... I actually do... I'm interested <laughs> in a live theater. I don't even know when the Tonys happen. I don't either, yeah. Or the Grammy. You know how much I love musicals. But on the other hand, again, people know <laughs> every single person who gets a Grammy for the most yeah. part, but no one watches that show, like, partly the, because the, the Grammys... Gram- actually, to my point, that is the one show where almost everybody that goes up there, you know who right. they are. Or the Grammys, in the music the, industry, like... Music producers, producers are, are celebrities yeah. in music. But yeah. also, the Grammys are always some of the worst rated because A, um, no one cares, yeah. and B, the Grammys suck. They do. Like the, yeah. it's, not, it's not even that the Grammy show sucks. It's that the Grammys are wrong all the time. Not on the awards. Yeah. yeah. Like the award winners are ridiculous at the I Grammys. Agree. They have been since yeah. we were children. I mean, how long did it take the Grammys to recognize hip-hop as an actual form of music? You yeah. know, that's the kind of thing. At least we don't have that problem in most of the other award shows, including this one. Like, It's not like someone is going to reject Baldur's Gate 3 at the Game Awards because it was too innovative. Well, it's yeah. like the Grammys' best electronic album. If you're somebody who's in the electronic right. scene, like... You didn't even listen to that no. album. Like, You're like, you that's not even, even electronic. Like, I didn't even that was an acoustic to it. set. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> exactly. It's funny. The one final thing I want to say about the show in general was that I was sitting there watching, and like I saw Nintendo go up to get the award for Tears of the Kingdom or whatever, and then they go off stage, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, what do they think while they're sitting through a three-hour award show? And they watch dozens and dozens of games get awards and accolades and all these people cheering them on and talk. And then they realize that none of those games ever release on their platform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, hello, does the light bulb not go off? And they're like, you know what? Maybe we should increase the power of our freaking console so, so that we have these games. But like, then they probably look at their revenue and don't They're care. like, well, whatever. <laughs> it's just funny. Like Nintendo- I'm sorry. Have you have you seen the eShop? Do you know how many <laughs> softcore hentai games are in that? They are making, yeah. they're fine. It's just funny. Like Where, Nintendo lives in its where's bubble. Where's Milf Hunter on the PS5? I ask you. <laughs> it's just funny because Nintendo lives in its bubble in Kyoto, and like it just makes all this money, and it, it's like isolated from like the real world in a lot of ways. And I feel like the Game Awards is that one time where they're sitting there and they can't look away, and they're just right. like, "Holy crap! Look how awesome these games look!" And none of them are on our platforms. Like yeah. it's, I don't know. I found it interesting, but no, it probably is an experience, but I'm sure they have nothing. Yeah. I mean, you'd think you'd think Anuma would have the clout to say something about it, but every time he does interviews like, and talks about Miyamoto, it sounds like he really doesn't. Yeah, like why don't we release like okay, let's have a weaker powered Switch too. That's a handheld. Why can't we have a more powerful Switch that's just a console only and it plays the same games? I guess in the you end, don't have to split your development. In the end, I guess it's because they make tons of money doing what they do, yeah. and, and they're like, why they're should not we bother? really in competition with <laughs> yeah, anyone. You're right. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's a good. I mean, after they kind of lost the fight with the GameCube. 
like that just became their strategy and so far it works it I mean, works, the, the yeah. wii u was a misstep but it wasn't a fatal one so and they learned from it so yeah it was almost fatal <laughs> oh i mean it wasn't great no. i mean they do have so much cash they could probably survive two failed generations like yeah, no problem yeah. and cinetite guess what's the cause that we don't get a more serious game award show is it actually it takes lots of money to make i mean partly but like we do have like you say the dice awards and the G- game yeah. developers choice award but they don't have a bunch of announcements and right. they're on the trailers games and, and the, tra- the world premiere. Also, because by the way, tons of great new games and trailers. Yeah. That's it. They said they said the world premiere is going away. It didn't go away. They said they world said it. premiere the, like eighty yeah, times. The, the header just went away. Right. They That's just got all. rid of the bump, which which made it harder to tell the difference between <laughs> the trailers and the commercials. That's my other might have biggest been the criticism purpose. of that show in general is that figuring out what was editorial and what was paid marketing was almost impossible. They were even running crowd reaction noise over top of the print the yeah, paid they, they content left the, they left the audience mic on yeah for the that's a huge mistake which is also extra funny because it reminded me that oh right because i've been a couple times to this live and it's like yeah they show the commercials to the audience too yeah like it's it's yeah it's not just on the stream no it's like, there if you're at the show which is very funny the line was way too fuzzy this year like he needs to figure out so you're right like not having that bump that says world premiere made it muddier <laughs> which might have been the point <laughs> maybe because now that he can get, he can start selling. Like I mean, it might have been a mix of being tired of having it made fun of. But if you did, why would you right still say yeah, it in all yeah. the copy every I, single time, over yeah. and over again? So anyway, that's the show. Let's talk about the awards now, Matt. You and I made some predictions um, for I think four awards last week. We did pretty well. Yeah. Um, our predictions for best action game. I picked Armored Core Six. You picked Hi-Fi Rush or Armored Core Six. Armored Core Six won. Uh, best independent game, you got it right, Cocoon. Mm-hmm. I picked Dave the Diver. I was wrong there. Um, best RPG, we both picked Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3 won. And then Game of the Year, I picked Tears of the Kingdom, so I was wrong there. You picked Baldur's Gate or Zelda, so you got half right. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think we did pretty well. Um, any other? I didn't expect Zelda to be as shut out as it was. It got. Um, I can't believe it. Like, it almost felt like. I mean, they, obviously, we don't know what the voting percentages were, but like. Yeah. I, it felt like. It was weird. Baldur's Gate won some stuff that I thought it was weird that it won and didn't win some stuff that I thought it was insane that it right. didn't win. Yeah. Like, the fact that Baldur's Gate won best voice performance for an, a character that is basically an online meme. Yeah. And the and the, the telemetry, they actually put some telemetry up and basically, Asterion is not even the, it's like the fourth or fifth most romance character in yeah. the game. He's not even that popular I don't understand overall. I, then, I didn't like him. He was like my least favorite character in the party. As hell. <laughs> But like it's so weird, but the, and then like the fa- I mean, you know, I'm not a huge Baldur's Gate three stan here. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I I like it, I recognize it, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. The fact that it did not win best narrative or best game direction is insane. I know, like it is the fact yeah. that they basically reinvented how player choice works in storytelling and have branching paths that I can't even fucking explain to you how I'm like. like and it didn't win best narrative and best game direction. <laughs> There's a lot of Are, conflict. What? Yeah. What? And Dude. Alan Wake. I mean, no super disrespect to Alan Wake too, but that's the same shit Remedy's done for three games now. It really cleaned up. That's the other thing I was surprised about. Right down about. to casting Sam Lake in live action footage. Yeah. Matt, do you think that journalists have, are having second thoughts about Tears of the Kingdom and maybe they're coming around to our view on that game a little bit more over time? I don't know. I don't know about that. I just think, um, I mean, it did win the most reasonable award for it to win. It felt like um, they shoehorned it into that, though. Like, what was action wasn't it adventure? best like action adventure? Action adventure, yeah. yeah, which is what it is. I, I mean, mean most fine. people consider it an action RPG. Maybe there is no category for that. Right. 
Um, but there were action RPGs in the RPG category. One. Yeah, there, there but there was. Lies of P for so, some reason. Right. Why wasn't Zelda the game that it's, was in there instead Zelda, of Lies I mean, of P? But Breath of the Wild was an action adventure in, in its year, too. I mean. It just, I don't know. It reeked of I like. Would, I would never call it an RPG. Yeah. Zelda's not I mean, an RPG. I mean, I would. But Zelda's not an RPG. Ever. Hasn't ever been. It's as much of an RPG as Lies of P. Liza P at least has stats, but I don't think that should be in there either. Yeah. That's that's an action adventure. I mean, the Souls games are technically action <laughs> RPGs, yes, yeah. but they're action adventure games with stats. Let's be honest. Yeah, and even Zelda doesn't even have stats. That's, so that's true. Um, um, it just still felt like they're like, well, we can't. We know that one's going to win here, and we cannot give it any. Like it, that's literally like the only thing it won. So how does a game have like a what did it end up with a ninety six or a ninety seven Metacritic? Yeah, and it was only. Worthy of one award, one award at the Game Awards? I mean, Spider, Spider-Man 2 was a 92 and it got nothing. It's a 90, actually. Is it 90 now? Yeah. It's gone down I, I was looking at... and Which is crazy. I was looking at... <laughs> and, and Benson, we were looking at uh, uh, the previous Game of the Year nominee list for the Game Awards mm-hmm. and looking at, like, what was this or what was that. Um, the weakest year by far, I think, was um, uh, the year it takes 2-1. What about um, the year that The Walking Dead won? Well, well, that was the that, Game Awards. That, that wasn't the Game Awards. Well, that was the that was Spike VGAs, yeah. But then the 10, the 10 Game Awards ceremony, that year, what was it 2018 that uh, it takes two? Yes. Yeah. None of the, all, every single Game of the Year nominee was in the 80s on Metacritic. Yeah. There were no 90s. I mean, this was a banner year. It's one of yeah. the best years ever for video games. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, if Zelda, a game that gets a 96 or a 97, gets one stinking award, mm-hmm. that shows you right now, there. Now, to be fair, part of that's because it wasn't qualified for a bunch of other awards. Yeah. But again, like, you could have nominated for other things. Like I mean, the music, music all the other yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, what one design. Music? What one music? I don't remember. I don't know. I should have known. I great, know. great awards show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I love Spider-Man too, but it doesn't shock me it didn't win anything like that. The award just stood uh, out the most Also, I would me. not have nominated Yuri Lowenthal as the representative for that game. Yeah. If, I, if I'm being honest. I would have, I would have picked the guy who did um, uh, Miles or the guy who did Harry. Agreed. Or even the guy who did Norman. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Um, the one thing that stood out the most for me with the actual awards was Cyberpunk 2077 winning best ongoing game. That was very funny. That makes the, no yeah, sense to me. Music was Final Fantasy 16, and that was actually well-deserved. Thank you, Vincent. For best music? Best music. That is yeah. well-deserved. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, Cyberpunk 27 is not even in a game as a service. Yeah. They, <laughs> They're I, like, we I put think, out an expansion pack, so now it's an ongoing game? Well, no, they fixed it over time. It's like what seems to be what they've <laughs> given this for. Which is, I mean, Cyberpunk is an amazing comeback story yeah. from how it launched, but like... It's just not it an ongoing like, game. Well, it feels like somewhere along the line, someone got very confused about why No Man's Sky was in that category. Because No Man's Sky is an, it online is an ongoing game, game with a bunch of multiplayer yes. stuff and yes. new quests and group quests. Yes. and co- But like, Cyberpunk is just a broken it's game It's a single that got player fixed. game that was broken the it'd be day like giving out, It'd be like giving out like best ongoing game to the Witcher 2 Enhanced Edition. Like, it should have won, like, Comeback Game or something. That yeah. category doesn't exist, but, but also that, that that's ca- what it should have won. But that category also shouldn't exist, because don't encourage that shit. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Touche. Um, and, this, and this feels kind of like it did encourage that shit. It just, right? like, I just can't see journalists, our colleagues, giving Cyberpunk best ongoing game. They know it's not a game as a service. Like... I try to never say things seem a little weird with anything, but this seems a little weird. I don't like, know about that. I mean, I just, you know me, I'm very willing to chalk things up to incompetence versus malice. You yeah. know, I just think, I think it was a dumb choice. That's a dumb choice by a lot of people. Yeah. 
like the editorial what, committee. What's, what's interesting to me is that the guys from Poland were there. What's interesting to, to me is it. that it was nominated because here's the thing. So I used to be a part of the editorial council. Now all suddenly I work at a smaller publication and my opinion doesn't matter anymore. Figure that one out. But I, I was on it for years and years. And basically what they do is they send you like a sheet that has like all the nominees on it. And then you rate them like I think it was like one through five, each of the nominees or whatever. Like I didn't know where the nominees were coming from. Mm -hmm. So somebody put Cyberpunk 20, if it's still like it used to be. Somebody put Cyberpunk 2077 in the list of nominees for them to vote on. So that mm -hmm. had to happen, first of all. So, again, I'm not saying there's something shady going on, but that seems really weird to me. Well, at some point, the there had to be some kind of panel or committee that decided what the nominees were. Right. And so. that was, like, at least back then, it was the show team. Like, the team, the separate TV side mm. picked that stuff. And then, and there was, like, an editorial. I would be surprised if Jeff did it that way. Because, Still? In, especially because I know enough of the TV side just doesn't know anything about games. Well, so at least, again, back when we used to do those shows together, Jeff and I, we had there was an editorial person on the show team right. who worked with the industry. And, like, they had never been, like, an EIC or anything like that. But they were pretty well embedded in the industry. Like, I respected them, like the person who did it. Like, I knew him pretty well, and he knew his stuff. But he was the one, I think, that ultimately came up with the nominees that then the council had to rate, like, one through five. And then that's how they figure out who the final nominee are and the winner is so um, I don't know that seemed really weird to me because it's not a game as a service it's not an ongoing game so I don't know it's conveniently it feel like it at times conveniently it there's not. a big debut coming here in the next year or two for the next Witcher game I don't know just seemed a little weird to me but the I, I wouldn't think that it wouldn't seem weird to me it just seems stupid yeah. um, the only thing that makes me like not wholly dismiss that idea is the fact that people from Poland flew to Los Angeles to be there. Right. And it's like, why would you think that that game was going to win anything? Right. I guess maybe you might think Idris Elba was going to win Best Performance and then someone have to go up and accept it. Clearly, Who didn't show? He didn't clearly show Clearly, Idris Elba has better things to do than show up yeah. than that shit. Um, <laughs> yep. But he like, was not there. No. Well, isn't, doesn't he live in England? I think he does, yeah. So, like, yeah, I'm not coming from England. No, if no I'm way. Idris Elba, I'm not <laughs> Even if that. I'm working in L.A. Like. Yeah. <laughs> not going all the way out to Santa Monica. Come yeah. on. That's that much. Where, where yeah. are they? They're downtown. They're yeah. downtown. I'm still not going downtown either. <laughs> but otherwise, I think most of the awards were passable. Like, there wasn't anything else that really, like, stood out. Not that I was like, that doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, for the most part, they got it right. Um, I mean, obviously, your opinions are going to vary on what you think Game of the Year is. And yeah, maybe I mean, I think, I think Baldur's Gate not getting narrative and direction is silly. Yeah. Like, if you, I mean, even as someone who did not particularly like most of the, the way the game worked, if you don't think the way narrative is delivered in that game is the most impressive thing in ter in that d department you've seen all year, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. Alan Wake is weird. Like, I'll give it that. It's, mm -hmm. like, weird and wacky, and it's got the musical chapter and all that. I mean, which they play it on stage, so mm -hmm. when you don't really need to play the play game. Play it now. now. Yeah. You're fine. You've, you've seen it. You're fine. It's good. It's That's what it is. You're good. Yeah. Um, except for the bad lip syncing. Yeah. But, um... Like, I don't know another way to describe, like, the thing that, the thing going forward from 2023 that's going to change how people design games is the narrative design in Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Like, and people are going to strive for that. And in fact, I'm playing Rogue Trader this week, the Warhammer game, which is basically yeah. an Infinity Engine choice-driven RPG. Mm -hmm. And I'm missing the structural changes of Baldur's Gate 3 in that game. It feels primitive now. Interesting. And yeah. I mean, at least it lets me say what I want to say while telling me whether I'm going to be able to say it without rolling a fucking die. Yeah. But... 
like the structure and the presentational style and the branch, the fact that one decision you make three hours into the game can come back and mean something 70 hours later. That's crazy. I don't know how many fucking whiteboards they had in that yeah. office to <laughs> diagram all that shit. But yeah. like, yeah. it's amazing. And to just give that to Remedy doing what Remedy always does is bizarre to me. Yeah. I, the, the Alan Wake 2 stuff felt like recency bias to me. I felt that way as well. I was Again, I was shocked that it won so many awards. Obviously, Matt and I aren't as high on that game as a lot of other no. journalists are. Also, but. like game direction usually to me says that like your game is fun and that's not... Uh, Alan Wake I thought was boring to play as a game. Yeah. Like other it, than that Alan Wake musical performance, I also found the musical performances this year to be boring AF. Uh, I like the Hellblade one okay. I didn't. Um, I thought it was awful. And then the... I mean, I like a good satanic ritual, so... Like the... <laughs> like the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I thought that song was terrible. Oh, that wasn't very good. And no, then at the good. end when they... I forgot that was in there. And then when, there's a, I thought they were all bad. And then the mon, at the end when they do the game of the year and they do the montage of the songs, like, does every game of the year of this year, Mommy, have horrible music? That was awful. Like, there wasn't a catchy damn song in that whole freaking thing. Like There wasn't much in there. I, 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 I knew Spider-Man when it came out. This That's guy, was one to me, was one of the best moments of the Game Awards. He was good. Talking yeah. about his deceased father and how he used the inspiration to make his game. This was one of the best moments of the whole damn show to me. Like, but I thought the musical performances were bad. That's yeah, because he got more time to talk than any of the, all the winners combined. He did actually, yeah. But I'm glad he did because he got to fucking tell he had a story. story to tell, yeah. As opposed to Anthony Mackie, who just spent the whole time talking to audience members we couldn't hear. Yeah. Or the guy from the Twisted Metal TV show is that him? That's Anthony Mackie, yeah. yeah. Who just kept making pointing to people yeah. in the crowd, and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Nobody can see the people in the see crowd. Them or hear them. Yeah. You don't know what to talk. And not... they didn't even try. No, like, they didn't even like, cut like, most away. telecasts would attempt to find what he was look, showing. And like, the, well, when uh, you got your camera on autofocus, you true. can't go moving it, Matt. That's true. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that's the show, and we have a lot to get to, so we got to get get going here. We didn't even get very, very many shots of the really excited play that flute violin player, whoever it was. Oh yeah, yeah that guy was like a big viral I, so thing So the B roll, what I figured out, Matt, is what throws up the copyright strikes are the musical performances. Mm. And so I just made sure with the B roll, I just had the awards, and that's it. That way, this show will not get demonetized going forward. Forward. So I had to make some compromises, unfortunately. Uh, let's get to the, de the debuts. There's like 20 of them. We need to get through all of them. First up, I feel like I hate to say this, Matt. I hate to say the To me, the big story, the big game from the Game Awards was Kojima's OD. I hate to admit oh, it. No, I don't I don't agree It's with the that one everyone's talking about afterward. Yeah, because it's, it's nothing. He it's gave literally nothing. 20 minutes on stage it's nothing. to fillet himself. He stood up there for 20 minutes and said nothing. And halfway through, he felt the need to re reassure everyone it is, in fact, a game, <laughs> which tells it. And then Jordan Peele got to come out and reveal that he's made the worst choice of his career so far. And I mean, we don't know anything. About, he didn't fucking say anything. Unsifted, this trailer, that is nothing. It's just facial animation did double what any other trailer from the Game Awards did. Yeah, because it's fucking weird. But like, it's, <laughs> I'm just telling you. Kojima gets such a fucking free pass for he really does. Jack I agree with you. shit. <laughs> he stood up there because because Jeff likes him and he talked about nothing for 10 minutes. I you agree know with nothing you. about this fucking game. I agree. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> I agree a thousand percent. You know I do, but... People don't agree with us, man. People worship Kojima. It's funny. It's kind of sad, honestly. I have not seen many people talking about this game outside of the whole thing, how stupid it was. Yeah. I'm just telling you the numbers also, on Sifted. he has alienated the chuds because one of the actors is trans. <laughs> and there's, like, pictures of him hanging out with her. And everyone's like, why is Kojima hanging out with a degenerate? And so it's like, oh, we've lost you. Okay, good. Good. So props to Kojima on that one because he doesn't fucking give a shit about your bigoted nonsense. But, like... <laughs> I mean, how blatant 
was this oh, with him the fucking giving baby, him the fact that the door is the pt door fuck you i mean he like, legitimately gave him what 10 minutes is yeah. that how long i mean well, that's insane forever. i went off dude. and did something else for a while and and came back and they were still going. and they, they had nothing to say about the game and then like jordan peels up there it's like oh i'm very excited about that and be doing one of the you know and and but you know about, you know it's one of the horror directors that and then kojima said something's like we're working with a lot of people though yeah <laughs> Like, did you just fucking shut down Jordan Peele, dude? Are you out of your fucking mind? Jordan Peele has just created the most amazing streak of thrillers since Alfred fucking Hitchcock. Yeah. No one's had a batting average like him since him. Yeah. And you're just be like, oh, we got some people. I'm probably going to call the Guillermo tomorrow or something. It's like, what are you doing? But dude? Matt, you know that people in the film and TV industry, if you ask them, name one video game developer, if they can name anybody... It's going to be Kojima. Yeah, it's not going to be a Miyamoto. Because he keeps showing up at the fucking parties, but they haven't made any movies out of his games, have they? Yeah, but I'm just telling you, like, that's the one person that they know. And so if they're they're like, if we're going to work in games, we're going to cross over, he's the guy we want to work with. They see Norman Reedus do it. I mean, you see all these other celebrities working with him. Like, sure, but you, but then you saw um, Matthew McConaughey, an actual, right. like, award-winning yeah. super, <laughs> superstar actor. Yeah. Not to not to de- make it his own game. Not to denigrate uh, Jordan Peele, but he's working on the most interesting thing that was announced in the whole night. Yeah, we won't see it for years. We'll talk like, about it in a second. Actually, in just a couple seconds. Um, what do you think this game is, Matt? Od garbage. I think it's fucking bullshit. Do you have any what, idea what you no, think it might be? Of course, I don't have any idea what it is. Who fucking knows? Like, it's like asking me what do I think the fucking Death Stranding game is going to be when it's got full of whales and oil and a baby on a beach and it turns out to be a fucking UPS well, delivery well, game. Well, Matt, I'm asking you because you're smart and you're creative and sometimes you actually come up with ideas. I am. I listened to what he said and I, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't about. either. I have no idea I have no what it is. no fucking clue. And there's like Silent Hill references. There's a PT door there. I mean, Well, the door mean, opens in her eyes eventually. Yeah. See the door opening right there in her eyes? I don't know. That's How? the PT door apparently. And whatever walks in through the PT door scares the living crap out of her. But again, I'm like you. I have no idea what this is. None. No, it's not. Could be anything. And we may not know for another two years. Yeah. Although, I mean, he made um, Xbox exclusive though. Yeah, he's gone to Xbox this time. He, ma- I mean, he made Death Stranding a very respectable amount of time. He did. So yeah, maybe, maybe less. Maybe it won't be that long. Yeah. Anyway, that was that's what you guys watched the most on Sifted was that trailer for OD from Kojima. Of everything at the Game Awards, that's the thing that you guys watched the most. The thing that. I think is the biggest and the best from the show. One is... Supermaster Gamer asks, I don't know why Kojima doesn't go make a movie instead because no one will give him money to make a movie because as much as they, they know. may know who she who he is, they have seen his work. Yeah, they know he can't make a movie. No, you, you mean not one more dumping a bunch of money into. He'd be lucky to come up with like a low end John Carpenter film. Yeah, like that's that, that he funds himself. Yes. <laughs> um, to me, the biggest thing and the coolest thing that I saw at the Game Awards in 2023 was Light No Fire. The new game from Hello Games, mm. the studio. Um, yeah, I did enjoy this. It's like, okay, Sean, announce the new game and don't get too huge or too weird expected. We're making Earth. It's yeah. just like, oh uh, my God. The first are. ever real open world yeah. game. That's what they called Mountains it. Mountains taller than Everest. I'm like, Sean, yeah. I, we need to keep you off stages or something. Here, here's what blew my mind. Is that he said 12 people are making this game. 12 people. Yeah, Hello Games is not a big company. That's insane for a game of this scope for 12 people to work on it. 
it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it really is nuts. Here's the thing about this one to me, and you know I'm no man. You know me, yeah, No yeah. Man's Sky, thousand hours in No Man's Sky. Uh, this to me is like, oh, you took the interesting parts out of No Man's Sky and made the rest into a game. Uh, uh, a technical achievement, amazing here. This uh -huh. does not look like something I want to play. No, it looks like just another survival game. It, does, it looks like an open world survival game with the medieval bent to it. Yeah, yeah. with a lot more travel time because everything's so fucking huge. Right, like that is not a selling point to me i mean this is built on the new man's sky engine oh very clearly it's very clearly the yeah. same i mean obviously i would know improved. this was, i know this was hello games if you told me if it you just tell showed me you what, if you showed me this i'm like oh that looks like hello games like landscape yeah. engine but this to me is the most ambitious oh, interesting sure. thing of everything that was shown it's it ambitious. could end up being a disaster, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and I loved on Twitter. He like he was making fun of himself for the whole that we're gonna do Earth yeah. thing, and then the Cyberpunk official account was like, "It's okay, you can patch it till it's good after it comes out." And, no and way, that's a real exchange that happened. <laughs> that's great. I, I like that. I like the Cyberpunk so and CD Project Red. Yeah, they're at least okay. aware of yeah, each other. Take the, the piss out doing. of themselves. That's cool. Um, but to me, that far and away, this is the most interesting thing that was shown. And again, mm. it could end up being garbage, and nobody, nobody wants to play. But at least it's ambitious and is trying yeah, something. I, I mean, it doesn't speak to me instantly the way space exploration does. But it's, you know, I, I, they do tend to give me something I'm interested in, even when they keep doing those weird updates, which apparently are going to continue. Yeah. Next, you know, yeah, ten so years. It's bonkers. It's really crazy. And again, when you think about a game like Light No Fire. And you think about No Man's Sky and that they it also launched a little rough and they stuck with it and turned it into exactly what we thought it was going to be. It gives me a little bit more faith that Light No Fire will be good. So we'll see. Uh, next up. It's also not a great title. No. Yeah, they may change it. Doesn't doesn't really tell you what it is. No Man's Sky at least is an evocative like. Right. You see a spaceship, you hear that. You're like, oh, I, got, I get what this is. Kind yeah. Of thing. Like no fire is makes it sound like they don't want you to cook. And any then you of the run food. a trailer full of people lighting, lighting fires. fires. <laughs> fires everywhere. What are you doing? Uh, next up, and we don't have a lot of media for this, unfortunately. Marvel's Blade. It is a yeah. Marvel game Did that it? is going to be an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. So Xbox striking back here. They're like, okay, you got Spider Man too. <laughs> we got Blade. we got Blade <laughs> being made by Arcane Leone. Um, which has made a couple really great games. I also feel like this is probably in its wheelhouse at least a little bit. Yeah. When I saw the arcade, I thought this was like Redfall like right. DLC. I'm like, are you putting Blade in Redfall? What is this shit? But like, um, I, I mean, I, you got my attention. Well, yeah, Blade um, is obviously like it should be an M-rated game. Like it's probably not oh, going to pull. Sure. It's going to be crazy violent, not pull yeah. any punches. I mean, the movie's going to be R-rated. So yeah. it's um, no Which question. again, for Marvel, that's not normal. So... Um, I mean, it will be after next year, Deadpool yeah, 3. It'll be changing. Um, they're, they're branching out on that. And, uh, I mean, the, the, clearly this was probably originally intended to be some kind of synergy with the movie. Yeah. We don't know when the movie is supposedly coming out. Uh, it would be good to have in their wheelhouse because Mahersha Ali as Blade is a big draw. I mean, you've got an Oscar-winning actor playing Blade. Why is it taking you seven years to make this movie? It's a guy killing vampires. Just get on with it. Um, I, I mean, I'm... I'm interested, but also like they don't. You know, Arcane Leon doesn't really make a lot of stuff I like outside of Prey, mm -hmm. um, and I feel like this probably has some dishonored DNA in it, just from the sword probably. element. Yeah. I, I hope, I mean, I hope they let me they... use the sword without penalizing me for being a murderer or something. I mean, vampires, it seems like so. that's why Marvel signed with them was because yeah. of the games that they've made in the past. So, I mean, it could be very interesting. I mean, Blade is a very interesting character, uh, and there's a compelling world to be had there. Setting it in Paris it's is different. interesting. Yeah, because like that's it's, right, it's set in Paris. I yeah. felt like that kind of tied in with some of the things we've talked about with open world games, where we're kind of tired of the same settings over and over yep. again. Well, last time I had an open world in Paris was probably the Saboteur, and that was what like eleven oh, years God. ago. Wow. 
Yeah. So, yeah, let's do a Paris. Do a Paris game. That was cool. Pandemic's game, right? Yeah, it was the last game, I think. Yeah, they um, also yeah, let's, died. Let's do a vampire hunting Marvel game in Paris. Awesome. Yeah. I think this game, as it gets closer, is going to build a bunch of hype. Yeah. Um, I mean, this feels like it's 2025, if 2026, yeah, maybe. Probably. Yeah. But that's about when the movie will hit, so it's about probably works out pretty It'll well. It'll probably work out. Yep. Uh, next up, the game that they finished the awards with, and I was kind of surprised at that, Monster Hunter Wilds. I mean, it is a huge franchise. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be probably the top-selling game of, of, of everything the in shown there. in the show. Yeah, but this trailer was really... <laughs> like, oh, I, I mean, you know I don't like Monster Hunter yeah. anyway. It's just like, come murder a bunch of innocent animals for no reason. I mean, the whole, um, the whole, the whole story around this trailer was like, there's a new mount. And that's yeah, pretty the, much the, it. Yeah, the mount seems to be the big gimmick. Or it yeah. can fly, it can jump, it can climb. Like, yeah, but other than that... Like this is just a really it still boring, looks as clunky as hell. <laughs> it and it's, does, it's... even in this trailer. Yeah, and this is all they also, gave I, us. I enjoyed that people were like complaining, like, "What are we going to call this?" Because <laughs> Monster Hunter World is already MHW. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you call? What do you call this? It's Monster Hunter Wilds. You just type this shit out. Go, you go, MHY. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, Mo- Mohuai. Yeah. It'd be Mohuai. Yeah. So they this call, trailer they call Monhun in Japan. <laughs> Oh, they do? Yeah, so the abbreviation in Japan is Monhun. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. Um, this is all we get, and they we're not getting more until this summer. They said that they'll finally show us more of the game. Um, but even hardcore Monster Hunter fans really struggled to pull anything of uh, yeah, not a whole relevance out of this, here. unfortunately. Um, just really a teaser trailer, and we'll show you a new mount and kind of where we're headed on that. And that was pretty much it. But again, he closed the show on it. Do you think that was the right call? I mean, pr- probably commercial-wise. Yeah, I mean that's that is going to be the biggest seller of anything that was shown in this show. I did notice so. though, like there was hardly any crowd reaction when it came on. No, yeah. I mean you kind of want more than that for your <laughs> finale. But it's like the the yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of this probably disappointment from people who are expecting to see other things that weren't there. Yeah, like, there was no Elden Ring. There was no uh, no from of any kind. There was no Nintendo of any kind. There was no you know ending. I mean, ending on Monster Hunter is probably the least impressive ending they've ever done for a game awards show i mean uh, i i don't think many i don't think they had many impressive reveals or showings on this on this yeah well we're we're only about quarter of the way through we still got a bunch more i'm not saying they didn't have a lot i'm just saying there wasn't no silk song setting the house on fire no um i mean there was a lot of stuff missing yeah i mean obviously no dragon age because they'd already made their announcement no gta 6 because they'd already made their announcement which i called i said they were going to do that yeah like three, three days before the game awards we're gonna drop the trailer and walk away and that's exactly what they did also i think i, I predicted a shadow drop for oh for bottle gate 3 xbox yeah, which they did but no one knew because they cut the, <laughs> they cut off the acceptance speech before he could announce it yeah. so well done everyone yeah. Um, and then Microsoft might be a little pissed off that Monster Hunter got the closing because Hellblade 2 was also in the show. Yep. And Jeff did not deem it worthy to close the show. Instead, he chose Monster Hunter. Yeah. I mean, I'd certainly more interested in this. But again, Monster Hunter is the commercial juggernaut. Yeah. Like that. That's the one that's going to sell 10 million copies. Yeah. Um, but we got a release year. Yeah. So now <laughs> we know it's coming next year. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Who knows? Sort of. Like, what did you think of this trailer? It, it, I liked it okay. Um, I am disappointed that the combat doesn't seem to really have evolved since the first one nope. of all. And it, I, I mean, not that I, not to be too down on it, but I spend a fair amount of this trailer wondering what the hell is taking so long. I know. If Me that's too. what this is, like, 
this thing better be one giant expansive monster of a game because otherwise I don't know what took so long. It doesn't look like they reinvented the gameplay at all. I was disappointed in this trailer, honestly. It looks gorgeous. It's pretty, but it just didn't make me excited to want to play the game. That's what I've struggled with with this game from the beginning. It's like... Make me excited to want to play it. Like, well, it didn't make me excited to play it the way that previous one did with the giant weird thing crawling yeah. through the beach and stuff. Um, this looked more like Hellblade Two as I would have imagined it after I'd played Hellblade One. You it's know? almost like foreboding, and like I don't want to play it. Like it's almost kind of turning me away from it. Like I wouldn't say that, but I mean, Hellblade is not a pleasant experience. No, it's really. not. It's, I mean, it's, it's a, a game about psychology, yeah. but still, it's like it just doesn't look fun. I guess is the best way I could mm. put it. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm very curious about how what we're seeing gameplay-wise in this matches up with what we saw of that beach trailer right. from before. Like, yeah. Is that late in the game? Is that early game and you're separated from all those people and she has to find her way back? Like, yeah. but, you know, I, I'm not sure the way... Because that, that other trailer did sort of feel like maybe something you'd start a game with a bang with and right. then you never really do anything like that again. God of War 3 style. It seems like the whole damn game set in the dark. I mean, it's, yeah, it's Hellblade. It's like, I feel like I'm always struggling to see what the hell's going on in all the trailers for this. Like, look, I hope I'm pretty the, wrong. I mean, it's it is a very dark and shadow-driven game. One thing I found with even the original one and the remastered version, you got to set those brightness settings per uh, monitor. Like, mm-hmm. my brightness settings on the on my TV for that game are completely different than the brightness settings on my monitor. Like, it's very sensitive to the HDR settings and stuff. So I'd imagine that's a hard thing to broadcast yeah. properly. But I was a little disappointed in it, but we do finally have a release date. It is coming out next year sometime, but they didn't give us even a quarter. They're just no. like, 2024 like, release I, window. I, I would, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm even confident enough in that to put it on the uh, fantasy team. No. Oh, I definitely, you can draft away. I'll, I am not drafting Hellblade 2. I'll put that motherfucker in slot 10 <laughs> if you let me, but I'm, that's about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, a game called, and I'll be honest, this might have been the coolest thing that was shown at the Game Awards, The Last Sentinel. It is so. It's made by a stu- by Lightspeed Studios. It's a studio that was founded here in LA by a guy from Rockstar who worked at Rockstar through like Red Dead, Grand Theft Auto Five, Red Dead Two. Um, this is his brand new studio. Um, it is owned by Tencent, so they have plenty of backing, plenty of money. They are making AAA video games. They are making big budget games. They're not making little stuff like a lot of other Tencent uh, studios do. Um, it's This is all CG, by the way. This is not in-engine, just so you know. Uh, but the game itself is going to be an open-world action-adventure, not action-RPG. An open-world action-adventure set in a dystopian Tokyo. Um, and this trailer is just awesome. Like, it tells a story. It's a great story. There's triumph. There's heartbreak. It all happens in, like, 90 seconds, mm. which is the sign of a good trailer. If you can make all those emotions happen in such a short period of time, you get the badass who comes in and takes out the bad guys. You, there's the yeah. mystery of who is the good guy, and then the helmet comes off. But Gra- it's so it's so slick in CG that you're like, oh, this game is not coming for a yeah. long time. yeah. Um, like this might be next gen well they're saying i mean as of right now they're saying 2025 for pc ps5 and xbox series Uh you're right though 2025 that's probably a pipe dream Mm -hmm. um but as far as like the premise the idea this trailer is freaking awesome yeah one of the best trailers of the year in my opinion um auspicious debut i guess is the best way i could put it but you're right it doesn't really show us or tell us really really it's not a game yet yeah yeah, it's just a concept in CG right now, but a great, great video game trailer. I like the setting. Yep, absolutely. Next up, a game that we've already talked about a couple times, a game called Exodus. 
It is coming from a studio in Austin called Arctite Entertainment. It is made up of former Bioware employees, which will make all yeah, of us very, Bioware, very happy. Former Bioware, former Naughty Dog, too. Yep. And the, the lead guy is one of the leads from uh, the Baldur, the original Baldur's Gates, KOTOR 1, and uh, Dragon Age Origins. So yep. you don't get, much, on this. don't get much more pedigree than this. Yep. This looks like a pretty solid spiritual successor to Mass Effect. And the studio did some interviews afterwards. It said they'd expect the game to be more like Mass Effect than Starfield. Makes sense, obviously, mm-hmm. because they all worked on Mass Effect. It's set 40,000 years in the future, um, and it works with like some crazy like time dilation effect. Yeah. It's one of the key and elements this is the of the one story. With, uh, this is the one with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Uh, he is the lead voice actor for the, the lead protagonist. Which I don't know if I would have known unless they told me. He doesn't sound like himself. He's doing an actual performance I know. beyond he's his a vo- He's being a voice actor. Yeah. yeah there's, no, there's no all right, all right, all right <laughs> coming from this one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and then the whole plot is centered around a conflict b- between humanity and other alien races in the Centauri Cluster. And as Matt said, Matthew McConaughey voices the lead character. This game is going to build and build in hype mm-hmm. as its release date gets nearer. Um, it is coming for everything. It's even coming for last gen, I believe. Or no, it is next gen only. Or cur- I'm sorry, current gen only, Matt. Yeah, it's not- PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, they're saying late 2024. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but the game is looking awesome. This is one we're going to end up talking about a lot here on Game Face. Don't forget it. It's called Exodus. Next up. Kind of a shadow drop. God of War Ragnarok Valhalla free L- free DLC. It actually launches today. Yeah, launched at 9 a.m. It is live now. right now if you want to go play it. It is free if you own the base game. Just like they did with their other game, it is like a first per- a single player, like horde mode, roguelite like type thing. thing. It does have a it does have a story and it does take place after the game. Yeah. So don't finish the game right. before you play this. Yeah. Um, it, this feels like this is PlayStation's kind of middling it, game as a service model. It's like yeah, it's kind of how they kind of easily extend the single player epic drama games. They're like, like we'll put in like a horde mode, roguelike thing. Which as long as you're making combat as interesting as God of War and Last of Us too, yeah, like it's sure, totally fine. Like and they're it, free. That's the cool thing about yeah. it all. Yeah. Um, you're not paying for them, so they're just bonuses, and they will keep the games alive for at Bonus least a little stuff, bit longer. More banter between Kratos and uh, uh, Mimir is great. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm interested in is that, um, well, actually, the two interesting things about this to me is that you don't have, um, you don't have uh, your your son with you, so like right. that, cha- that changes Atreus, the combat. Yeah. And um, the there's a bunch of enemies from the original God of Wars in them that, have, cool. that haven't been seen since the original yeah. the old God and, of Wars. And obviously they're now because being in Valhalla, away. he's having to fight yeah all the all the people he's killed. Basically, <laughs> That's I'm like, what it is. Please let me confront that fucking guy he kicked down the sea serpent's neck in the in the first game. Oh, you know, the or the guy captain. or the guy he ripped his head in half. Yeah, who was that? Was one of the gods, wasn't it? That was I mean, God. Which one? That was from God of War three, I think, where he ripped the guy's head in half, like opened his mouth and just ripped it apart. After like smashing him, was yeah, that, that, he had him down that, by that, the ground. And he just goes. Ah. I think that was Hercules. Was it? Hercules is the one where or he, Apollo wasn't it? Was it? Oh, maybe it was Apollo. Hercules is the one where he, the the death of Hercules was inspired by the guy being pounded to death by a fire extinguisher and irreversible. Oh, I know that. Which is one of the most brutal the most movie brutal scenes, scenes yeah. ever. Yeah, except for the other brutal scene in that movie. Right. Like, irreversible is. It's, I don't recommend it, but it's. I recommend it. I think it's really good, but it's a hard watch. It's really good, but it's. I, I'm not going to be responsible for yeah. anybody having to sit through that. <laughs> Touche. 
Uh, so anyway, I think that's pretty cool. If Sony keeps doing this Helios, with the single player that's games, who it was. Helios. Oh, was it Helios? Who, who he, the guy whose jaw he ripped yep, off. Yep, that is was, it was Helios. You're right. Yep. Uh, Emperor Dread also thought it was Apollo, though. I wonder why we both thought that. Apollo is also a, a sun god. Mm -hmm. That's why Helios is the, is the sun, but Apollo is the god of the sun. Right. So it's it's understandable. Yep. Um, so anyway, I hope PlayStation continues doing that. They put out these cool little extra modes for their single player games. I'm totally fine with it. Uh, next up, something that made a big impact for me, but maybe not everybody else, was a trailer for Sega's upcoming games. Oh no, I'm you know I wasn't in that. Well, you and I, I'm, I'm yeah. a Sega person, but. It, More Shinobi? Yes. It debuts five reboots for yeah. Sega. So Jet Set Radio, Crazy Taxi, Shinobi, Golden Axe, all in development. Brand and new Streets versions. Streets of Rage. And Streets of Rage, right. But they've already rebooted. Streets of Rage. We already, Streets of Rage just, never really went away. We just got Streets of Rage 4 yeah. like a year and a half ago. So that's why I didn't mention it. But like those other four are a big deal. Although that last Golden Axe game from, I think, was it PS2 or PS3? That was Xbox 360, PS3. Yeah. That was terrible. Beast Rider. It was so bad. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, it was awful. I'm hoping that these reboots are a little better. However... They have to be. Like... I don't believe... I will say this. I do not believe that the Jet Set Radio Magic can be recaptured. I really I don't, don't. either. Um, what do you think of how this, that looks? It looks fine, but, like, I don't believe... Like, you're never... They're never going to get the music right. Shinobi looks good. Shinobi looks amazing. Yep. Um... Golden Axe looks all right. Yeah. Um, but I, I do not believe... I, I simply think it's a different time and different era, and I have a very hard time believing they can capture the magic of Jet Set Radio or Crazy Taxi properly again. Crazy Taxi, I think, looks awful. Yeah, it's It not, looks like it's made by some, like, B-team or it something. It looks like a mobile game. Yeah. To me, to a lot, in, a, in a weird way. Shinobi is definitely the winner of this whole team Agreed. to me. Yep. Um... That's exactly what I want a Shinobi game to be. Yeah, uh, so. I mean, I'm glad that all these are, these are all coming back, and they're not yeah. just going to let them die. But I would like to see if you got some time. I'd like to see remasters of the PS2 Shinobi games. Yeah, Shinobi and Nightshade. No, like, they were be good. nice to bring those up to modern standards. I those agree. Are... But this made me really excited seeing all this stuff coming back. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep my great. fingers crossed and hope they turn out okay. For a second, I was like, oh my god, are they making a Smash Brothers game? Yeah, but no, wouldn't I, be a bad idea, honestly. For they Sega. have they have the people for it. they yeah. they did a pretty good uh, Puzzle Quest clone uh, out oh, of Sega stuff. Dude, they I forgot that they also mentioned Virtua Fighter. However, right. they're talking about like turning it into some like over the top like fighter with like crazy finishers and stuff. Mm -hmm. They're like, we don't want to bring it back because it's too boring compared to other. That's why I like it. Oh yeah, that's why I like it. But I, I mean, that's why it never caught on here. Yeah. I mean, it's a very technical fighting game, mm -hmm. and it's very low on flash. Yeah. I, it's one of my, it's probably maybe my favorite fighting franchise, honestly. Oh, it's, my, it's my favorite 3D fighter, easily. And they're like, always has been. They're like, if we bring it back, we're gonna turn it into something else. And I was like, well, screw you then. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm worried about with these, some of these other ones. Yep. Jet Set, Ra <laughs> I mean, Jet Set Radio is just so defined by the Wave Master music, mm -hmm. uh, and I just. All those people are gone. That they don't exist anymore. I mean, you better be going and get get those guys back again. He did, well, they did say that almost most of the people who worked on the original right. are working like, on this. I just you know that all that music is sort of like a flash flash of that time yeah. of that of, of basically of the Japanese kind of hip hop take on. Take on <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, they're using Easy E samples from like. 15 years earlier uh, like it was it was just so it, you, there was nothing else like it like it, yeah. it, it was so singular and then like you play something now like Japanese hip hop is just hip hop you play something like Bomb Rush whatever the hell that Cyberpunk. was and it's, yeah. and, it, and it's just generic no. nonsense it's just like well it's just an imitation yeah it, it didn't have the soul and we'll see if this game has the soul because it may not 
but we'll yeah, see. It's, it's going to be a, that's going to be the toughest one, I think. Yep. Next up, Jurassic Park Survival in a land of action RPGs. This is another old school action adventure. Um, it's also coming for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox series. They did not announce a release date, but I thought this looked pretty good. I mean, I think visually it looks good. It was, it was a little concerning to me that almost every scene is just a re, remake <laughs> yeah. of a scene from the movies. Yeah. Like Even the scene where she's on the floor and the raptor's yeah. in the room. Like, there's no original ideas in I this agree. whole trailer. It's like they couldn't figure out one thing to do that hasn't been done in the films already for the first trailer yeah. for this part game. Of the, I mean, look, part of the problem with Jurassic Park is that um, the original movie is a cautionary tale about, you know, needless and heedless and commercially driven science Science. exploitation and they don't there's not really much else to say about that and it certainly is no way to say it better than the original movie already said so they just sort of turned the franchise into killer dinosaurs which is not what jurassic park is yeah um and like so they're just going to keep doing basically <laughs> the same dino scene. crisis. I feel like the same scene is, is in every I mean, it's single in the same room. Jurassic Park. Right, it's the same room even. And then you leave like some place where you can actually lock the doors to go out into the woods. Yeah, not <laughs> where not you're ideal. sitting duck. But otherwise, and like little officers to. Rep- I mean, shot for shot. In yeah, I know. Here. I feel like she's even wearing a yellow shirt. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the Jurassic Park games are like spinoffs now. Like I want to play an action game based on Jurassic Park. Like, I'm ready mm-hmm. for that. That's what we're going to get with this at the very least. So, I don't know. I thought it looked pretty good, at least interesting. I think I mean, it's made by, I like, were, Saber Interactive, If though. I were running the Jurassic Park license, I'd be looking at all these people that are constantly asking for Dino Crisis. Right. And just make that. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's perfect for an open-world game. You just said it. Mm-hmm. It's Jurassic Park. A big open world. Like, it's right for it, but... I don't know. We'll see. Again, this is being made by Saber Interactive, which lowers my hype for it a little bit. Although Saber's pretty good as far as his B teams are concerned, but um, it's not going to be like crazy over the top quad A gigantic budget game. Uh, but just an action adventure set in that universe is cool by me. Uh, next up, a game called No Rest for the Wicked. This game is being made by Moon Studios. And Moon oh, yeah. Studios makes the Ori and the Will of the Wisp, Ori, and what was the other one? The Blind Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the next game from that studio. It's an isometric hack and slash action RPG. And word is that this game is make or break for Moon Studios. If this game is not a success, Moon Studios says that it will go away. So if you like the games mm. that Moon Studios is making, again, the Ori well. games... You might want to think about supporting this one. They might want to think about not mistreating their employees. Yeah, because that's the other thing. In the last couple of years, mm. there's been some stories about Moon Studios yeah. that have not been flattering at all. It does not sound like a good place to work. It does not. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing they cleaned up their, their backyard on that one. Uh, and I'm guessing they didn't. Or maybe not. I'm guessing, <laughs> they, I'm guessing they fired the people complaining about it and told everyone else to shut up and make the game. That could be. That, that very seems well to be how be. it usually goes. It does kind of seem to go that way. Um, but I will say this, regardless of what they do with the, their employees or whatever, I do like Moon Studios games. I mean, the, the Ori games are great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't argue with the results of abusing people, I guess. <laughs> uh, but this is a huge departure from what they usually yeah, make. very different. The art, I like it, though, a lot. Like, we also I like it. My, my only thing is, like, how do you make an isometric hack and slash interesting for that long? Yeah. Um, it's I, hard to tell stories with that yeah. perspective as well. We even saw it with Diablo 4. For a second, I thought this might have been when the, the trailer first started. I was like, is this Fable? No. No. Still haven't seen that. 
kind of thought we that. might see it. Still haven't seen it, though, unfortunately. Nope. I mean, even Sony only had the two things. Yeah. That we already knew about. Yep. And this game is scheduled for 2025, coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. Um, so, a ways to wait for that yeah, a one. A lot of 2025. There is a lot. This whole show is kind of late 2024 or 2025 or later. Um, next up, a game called The Casting of Frank Stone. This is a game built in cooperation with Supermassive Games, which makes all the great choose-your-own-adventure horror games mm. that we all love. And we talked about it many times here on Game Face. They're working with the team from Dead by Daylight. And this game is actually set in the Dead by Daylight universe, which I didn't even know was a thing. Like, Dead by Daylight, if you don't remember, is the asymmetrical multiplayer horror game where one person yeah, plays. Yeah, I didn't this. know that either, but apparently Dead by Daylight has extremely deep lore. I had no clue. Neither but this game I. is all set in that. And again, Supermassive makes great games, so I'm kind of all over this. Um, the the exact verbiage that they've given for the, the story is that the shadow of Frank Stone looms over Cedar Hills, not Silent Hills, Cedar Hills, a town forever altered by his violent past. Players will step into the shoes of, of a group of young friends who are about to discover that Stone's blood-soaked legacy cuts deep, leaving scars across families, generations, and the very fabric of reality itself. Hmm. <laughs> and the rest is kids get murdered. If you make right. the wrong decision, your favorite kid gets murdered, and you try to make it to the end of the game without your whole party being killed. That's pretty much how Supermassive games roll. Um, and again, this will be choose your own adventure. There's not a lot of gameplay in these. There's not much action in it. You're making decisions. You're guiding discussions. It's all that kind of stuff uh, that we've been seeing since The Walking Dead, in all honesty, from a long time ago. Uh, but Supermassive, I would argue, may be the best at it at this point. Because mm -hmm. Telltale is kind of falling off. Yeah, well, Telltale is a non-entity. Well, it disappeared. Now it's back. It just put out its first game, uh, The Expanse, which was okay. Mm -hmm. Not amazing. Um, but this one looks like it could be. And it is coming next year. And it is also PC, PS5, Xbox Series. There aren't many yeah. games that aren't that at this yeah, show. I'm, I'm only, I mean, if that wasn't super massive, I would not pay care. attention to it at all. Because I don't care about Dead by Daylight. No. I definitely don't care about the lore. I mean, I don't care about anything I really saw in that trailer. It all looks kind of meh. To I me. mean, it looks like all Supermassive's other games. Right, but I mean, like, the design and who this Frank Stone yeah, guy Yeah, like, like that I don't dude. Care. Like, I don't that, care. Boring, he doesn't look interesting. It's an uninteresting premise to me, but I'll play it. I'll try it because it's Supermassive and they've never let me down, really. It's the crossover no one asked for. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, next up, here, this begins a series of games that are either the first or the last. <laughs> and the first, the first is. The first Berserker, which is also coming. This actually is coming to other platforms. This is coming to PC, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series in 2024. This is a Souls-like hardcore action RPG based on the Dungeon and Fighter franchise. Are you familiar with that at all? No. It's a mobile franchise that is like... It's been going for 18 years, and it has more than 850 million users worldwide. I've sure, never heard of it. Sure, let's go with that. Yeah. Why not? What you really need to know is it's a pretty slick-looking Souls-like, basically. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you would, what kind of setting you would even say this is. It's just dark fantasy. Yeah, I guess. But it looks like it's from Japan. This game is published by Nexon. Mm -hmm. And it does have Fam kind of... Famous indie developer Nexon. <laughs> it does seem to have very subtle cell shading almost. Like yeah, kinda, it is a cell shading. I kind of like the art style of this game. Yeah, it reminds me of Berserk. That makes sense. <laughs> because <laughs> it's called the first berserker mm -hmm. um so anyway again that's coming in 2024 to pretty much all platforms but switch so that's the first berserker 
And now the next game we're talking about is The First Descendant. Mm. And this one we actually knew about before the Game Awards. This is just like kind of its first like really polished, cool trailer. But we have a bunch of content on this on Sifted already. Um, this is coming summer of 2024, also an Exxon game. This is like a semi-open world game, kind of like Borderlands. It's a loot shooter, basically. Um, and you're, so you, all the stuff that comes along with that, grinding for materials that you can use to craft, um, looting dead corpses to get stuff from them that you can use to craft. Um, one of the things that the studio has said is that players must either repeatedly complete the same objectives or partake in a horde mode with others in the squad. Like it's almost like this self-contained, almost like modules of content that you jump from one to the next. That's kind of how the way, the way the game is designed. It's almost designed like modularly in some ways. Um, but this is like about as close as you're going to get to Kojima without Kojima. I guess yeah, it's the a, best way I could describe it. It has a, a quality that also kind of feels like a companion piece of the Talos principle. Maybe, yeah, you're right. Like the action also, <laughs> set who, I don't in the know, universe. Who, somebody put a lot of work into the ass deformation in this game. <laughs> like that was, somebody's like, there's one person on the team that's all they do. Yeah. This was one of those games that visually like stood out for me, though. This trailer. I was like, oh, this stands out from the yeah, other stuff that I'm this seeing. This is when I found out what it is. I was like, oh, well, that's too yep, bad. It's a loot shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I will say, there weren't that many of those in this show. No, they're, they're, the, 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 the huge international nightmare is slowly ending. Yeah, it but, is. Uh, there's, still, there's still some stragglers here. Well, people are figuring out that they can't make money on it at yeah. this point. And so there aren't as many as there used to be, luckily. Sometimes um, it's just, like, stuff like this is like, it's a shame you're wasting that premise on that. On this, yeah. On that gameplay. It's like, but you got to figure, people who would be into this aesthetic probably haven't played a lot of loot shooters. So you are kind of trying to maybe tap into a yeah. new audience, maybe. But also, maybe they don't play those loot shooters because they don't want to play loot shooters. Because they don't like the genre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's weird to me to assume that people don't play loot shooters because they just haven't found the right like, One. book. As opposed <laughs> yeah. to, like, you know, like, they don't like that kind of game. Yeah. Uh, but I do think people who are into Kojima probably will give this more of a look than people who aren't. So it definitely has that look about it. Uh, next up, a game called Den of Wolves. This is a sci-fi heist game from the studio that actually created Payday. Mm -hmm. Now, they've since gone on to do other things. because They're called Ten Chambers. But the guy who created Payday has gone on to start his new studio, Ten Chambers, while Payday has gone on without him. This is his take, or his new take on Payday. It's a sci-fi high shooter instead of set in whatever time period Payday is. I don't even know when the game is set. Um, but this guy should know how to do it. If you're into high shooters, this is one to keep an eye on. But unfortunately, his trailer doesn't give away much, and he gave away even less. Even though Jeff talked to him for like five minutes, it seemed Yeah, like. there wasn't really any information in there. I don't know why he talked to that guy so long. That's... Keely does it all the time, though. Like, he talks to these people and they have nothing to say. Well, it gets than, like, to the point where even they are like, okay, I don't know what to say I mean, anymore. The, I mean, even the Blade interview, yeah. like, had no, there's nothing said until finally they talked to the head of Leon, Arkane Leon, and he talked about how, as a mixed race person, he always identified with Blade, and he's very excited to make the game and set it in his hometown. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, that, that's actually telling me about why this game exists beyond, like, it's, like we licensed a Marvel property and we were going to make money. make a from bunch it. of money, yeah. You know, like, that felt like a personal story. <laughs> It was interesting. Yep. And a cool take on Blade. So now I'm more optimistic about Blade because that guy's in charge of making it. Yeah. It so that's difference. the kind of interview that should be done as opposed to this thing where it's just like you rattle off a bunch of bullet points and I don't really understand what the game is any further than beyond like the template of what you're using. Yeah. You know? Well, he didn't give up much information. So nope. that's all we know. Sci-fi heist game. He says like 2024, late 20. I don't believe that at all. Um, but it's also PC. You might get a beta by then. Yeah. Maybe. It's also PC, PS5, and Xbox Series. Next up, another game that really caught my eye that I thought looked pretty good a game called Exoborn. 
This one is coming to PS4 and Xbox One in addition to the newest consoles and PC. Um, this is an open-world extraction shooter from former Division developers, which I'm Division is probably my favorite game-as-a-service franchise, so this obviously piqued my interest a little bit. Um, it's basically the world is beset by apocalyptic forces of nature after humanity's last hope to restore the ecosystem fails. This is one of those eco-games. We're going to talk about another eco-game here in a little bit. Um, players will get to explore the southeastern United States, so it's like... <laughs> Finally. Yeah, just what everybody wanted. <laughs> Go to Alabama. Finally, Georgia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is a weird place to set it. Because all their other games were set in major cities like D.C. or New York. It's weird that it, this is set in such a rural area. But maybe it'll give it a unique angle. We'll see. Um, but it's in the southeast United States. It's got a big crafting system. You play the role of the reborn. They're human survivors who survived the apocalypse. They have, but now they have special implants that allow them to steer mighty exo rigs, basically like these robot suits. You can see in the trailer these robot suits yeah. that they have Here, around here's them. Here's a tip, uh, game designers: um, no more exo suits. Yeah, I don't care. Like, everything about just looks the same now. Like you, I couldn't tell you which game this was if you paid me. Wildly enough, we're also going to talk about another game with exo suits here in a couple of minutes because they're everywhere. <laughs> it's the same game I just mentioned a minute ago. It has the same elements as that game. But anyway, it's Exoborn. It's coming to everything but Switch. It's also supposed to come out in 2024. I would be surprised if that's the case. Um, also, I guess a big part of the gameplay is dealing with the weather itself. So the weather hasn't yeah. actually cleared up. It's still horrible, but that's part of the gameplay is living through the weather. Uh, so I want to keep an eye on. Uh, next up, if you're into Japanese RPGs, Visions of Mana. The first new Mana RPG in 15 years. I hadn't even realized that it had been that long. Yeah, 15 years isn't as long ago as you think it is. I guess really, you're right. That's 2008. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, obviously, it's being developed by Square Enix. It's supposed to come out next year in 2024. And the, the boilerplate that they gave us for this says, Embark on a new adventure with Val, the newly appointed Soul Guard, as he sets off on a journey across the world to accompany his friend on her pilgrimage to the Tree of Mana. In other words, it feels like every other mana That's game. That's a mana game. <laughs> And enjoy buying 4,000 costumes for people. Yeah. And this is an action RPG. Um, it has real-time combat. You can see here they show a little bit of actual gameplay in this. Um, were you a big fan of Mana? Are you still a oh, fan of Mana I games? I like them. I mean, I don't remember the last one I played. Because it was I, 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that was still the Xbox yeah, 360. That's you know? true. Not... <laughs> when you, but, Matt, when you've played as many games as we have played, yeah. I really wonder, like... If you went around the world and you said, how many video games have you played? I do wonder where I would stack up there. I might be in the top, like, three percentile. They're probably top ten at least. Top I ten mean, percent for sure. There's people I, that do nothing but I've been playing this. games my whole life. And yeah. then I've been doing it for a vocation for the last 25 years. And since then, I have been in, like, the top one percentile of playing games. And, like, I don't know. A lot. I don't know if there's a way to <laughs> we, track we play that. a lot of games, man. Like way more than the average person. I mean, I own sure. like four thousand. Yeah, and I played a lot more than that because exactly. I played a bunch of stuff that I never want to touch again that right. I didn't. I didn't know, obviously. Yeah. Plus all the stuff I don't own anymore because it's on old systems or old things I've lost or you know eight computers that don't work anymore. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I probably play like four thousand games in my life. Yeah, it's a big number. It's a lot. Yep. And um, like, I just don't remember. I mean, I like Secret of Mana 1 and, and Secret of Evermore, and I don't really remember the other ones after that. Yeah. They all kind of blend together. Well, again, that's coming to all platforms in 2024 except for Switch. Next up, a game called 
Lost Records, Bloom, and Rage. Horrible. Makes me the worst name for a game ever, but it's not going to be the worst game ever because it is a brand new choose-your-own-adventure from Don't Nod. Um, this one is a 90s teen drama where teens find something in the woods when they're younger, and then the game jumps forward 27 years to where they're adults, and they had agreed to never discuss what they saw in the woods. It's it, basically. or whatever. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the plot of the game. Don't Nod's adventure games are amazing. Matt and I are both big friends of Don't Nod in general. As you saw in the trailer, they've created probably maybe the biggest adventure franchise of all time. Um, I'm pretty excited for this. It's coming to PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series in late 2024. Um, and it is a split setting. So you play part of the time as the teenagers, and then you play part of the time in the present day 27 years later. So mm. it's one of those games that like jumps back and forth on the timeline. Generally, I enjoy those. Well, part of the problem is even as adults, they look kind of young to me. Yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> they're like 30. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh. <laughs> yep. That's the way it is, Matt Kyle. Um, and then... Finally, the last game I want to discuss from the Game Awards, we kind of talked about it already, is Tales of Kanzara Zao. It is coming to all platforms. It launches on April 23rd. This is on EA's imprint, indie imprint, EA Originals, where it releases some of the smaller games on its label. In this game, you play as a shaman. And as we saw earlier, it's developed by the fellow who went on stage and was talking about the death of his father and how his father knew he was making this game and his father passed away. And he's like, make sure you finish that damn game. And he has. Um, So there's obviously some emotional heft in this game for that guy. And usually stuff like that makes the best art. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm pretty excited for this. It does look a little bit like the upcoming Prince of Persia game, which is also releasing in the first couple months of next year. So... It'll be interesting to kind of compare and contrast these two games uh, with each other. Yeah, this one has the advantage of using mythology that you don't see much. True. Yeah. Yep. I think both games will probably end up being good. But this was kind of the one indie game that really caught my eye for the Game Awards. And I do realize that we did not cover a lot of the indie stuff that was there, but we just covered like 20 games. And that's about the best we can do on a show like this. Go to some other podcasts and see how many of those games they show you. Good luck if you see three. Um, So anyway... That's the Game Awards 2023. A couple other things before we move on. They also announced Final Fantasy 16 DLC, um, which there was one that like shadow dropped like the next day, and then there's another one coming early next year. And then they also showed a new trailer for Metaphor, which is the new game from the team behind Persona. Oh, yeah. And this game's looking amazing. It looks exactly like Persona. It does, but I mean, it's their style. Yeah. I mean, it's their house style. They're not in that house anymore, though, really. But yeah, I don't mean. I guess they're good. They're working on something else other than Persona Six, I suppose. This looks more um, interesting to me than another Persona. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather play this in another Persona I right just, now. I just don't know. I don't know if I'd rather play either at this point. <laughs> it's, just, it's still too soon, even though Persona Five somewhat, was that long I mean, ago. This just doesn't look that interesting to me. Huh? Just looks, I'm surprised to hear that. It look. It looks like another open hack and slap. I mean, I've just done this. Yeah. And I know it's it's anime shit, so it's gonna have a bunch of useless combo nonsense I gotta learn <laughs> in order to be competitive. A lot of yelling and screaming. I'm like, how much of the like? Are they gonna have fucking? Are they gonna have endurance bars? I gotta break down before I can even hurt them. Right. It's, it's like I don't know. Like, I mean, it's also it looks to be an action RPG. It's yeah. not a turn based RPG. Yeah, I know. It's a huge departure for them. I just don't particularly trust it. Yeah. Well, I mean, a a good point is that they've never really made a game like this, so maybe you should be a little nervous. But 
I don't know. I, I thought this trailer was pretty awesome. It was one. Like, of I the- like the art. I mean, obviously, I like the look of Persona stuff. I like I like the art style and, and kind of the aesthetic here. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. Doesn't I mean, mean, doesn't mean I have to play it. Does it does look like a hack and slash for sure. Uh, but hopefully, there's something unique in there, something a little different. I'm sure the storytelling will be at least a, a little better than the average hack and slash. At least I hope so. But we'll see. Um, anything that we missed, Matt, that you'd like to bring up about the Game Awards before we move on? Not that I can think of. Um, We're pretty thorough. No. Like I said, I went through the show and did a rundown and had it all listed out. Again, I forgot it like an idiot. <laughs> I worked on that thing so hard and totally walked out with it. I think it. it's pretty funny that the Call of Duty devs are mad that Christopher Judge made fun of them, but yeah. that's about it. Yeah. It was a pretty pretty innocuous joke yeah in the end. innocent i didn't think it was mean or mean-spirited so there you go that's the game wars what well, would you give the game awards? i think we know rise, we didn't talk about rise of the ronin i mean it's already known it wasn't announced there yeah it was just another trailer got a release it. date yeah, but it's a playstation exclusive yeah and it's from team ninja mm-hmm. and it's another souls like basically uh it didn't look like souls to me really it looked like an action game really yeah they made a non-souls like team yeah. ninja looks like it then i will Look. check it out because They've, they've really fallen in stature for me because I don't care about Souls Like. And uh, Vincent mentions Harmonium, which I actually don't remember. No, neither. Yeah. I did the best I could. We just talked about a shit ton of games from the Game Awards, so I don't know what to tell you. It's an isekai about a deaf girl in a world of music. Mm. All right. Yep, you can see why I didn't put it in. I don't remember that. What's your letter grade for the Game Awards, Matt? C-. minus. I will give them a B. Um, I do forget what I gave him last year. So if I gave him a B last year, I'll give him a B plus this year. It's just one plus or minus higher than it was last year. It just keeps inching, at least my opinion, in the right direction. I wish it would go a little faster. Mm. Um, but overall, I found I actually thought the show went by quickly. I did not find myself like at 90 minutes of the show. Like last year, the show hit the 90 minute mark, and I was like, this show needs to end right now. <laughs> And this time, I didn't really feel that way. Like, it cruised on the last hour, and I was okay with it. It ended. I was mm. like, okay, that seems like when it should end. I was too busy being irritated by the uh, cut down on all the speeches. Because, like, I, 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 hear I, I am interested in what some of these people have to say about yeah, winning. I hear you. And talking about their dead coworker, and it's just nonsense. Come on, guys. You guys didn't put your letter grades in. You guys should know by now I was going to ask you right afterwards for your letter grades. Uh, let's see. One it, oh, did. there's a B minus. JM Rain gives it a B minus. Um, AJ the Legend, solid B for me. Anybody else you want to get your letter grades in here before we move on? Solid B for AJ. B plus for Dark Force 256. Nightwing 3060 a B. It looks, see up here is B, B plus, or a B. Yeah. C plus to B minus. A. Emperor Drag is it an A. C plus, C, C, C plus. Okay. That's not bad. I think Jeff would take those grades. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our crew, I don't think we're a hard crew to please, man. We are. Like, if he feels like he can get a B or a C out of us, he's probably pretty happy with that. That'd be my guess. Because he knows better than anyone that we're hard to please. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk uh, about... I'm, I, I end up again in the camp. If you're going to use these this Game Award bullshit as your excuse for this show to exist, act like the awards matter. Yeah. That's that's the lesson that that they refuse to learn. Okay. All right, we're going to move on to the last big game of 2023. And that game is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. I really hope we could have slid it into last week's episode, but the the embargo for it was literally the next day. Um, I've already already been playing it now for a week and a half, I guess, at this point. I still haven't finished it, though. Yeah, it's it's everything I saw said it said it was like 15 to 20 hours. 
And when I loaded up my save the other day, it said I was 38% done with the story. I don't know what they're talking I, about. It, I seems odd to me. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm not even out of like the first like, main area dude, biome place. It took me 10 hours to get to the second biome. It took me 10 hours, almost 10 hours just to get my mount, the first mount. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know where that figure comes from. I, I think this game is big like every other open world Ubisoft game. It seems yeah, that way to me. Seems like it to me. I haven't yeah. finished it and I played a shit ton of it. So it's not like you're going to, I'll say this. You're going to get your money's worth out of it. No one will play this and be like, I didn't get enough playtime. Unless you're looking for a good story. Right. Because this is the last place you want to look for that. Yeah. Um, that, to me, is... Made, well, I don't know if it's the biggest... The game has issues, for sure. Like, it has weaknesses. Mm -hmm. But it also has some strengths. And I guess maybe we should just say it right at the, at the beginning, because they're going to see the Bureau eventually. This might be the best looking video game that has ever been released graphically. Yeah. It is it is stunning. It is in that class. Yeah, I ha I have it running at unobtainium settings with the extra code put in on my PC and it is you it is the best looking thing I've seen all year maybe. You it's can't even imagine how good this game looks on Matt's rig. Literally my eyeballs almost popped it and look, I've been playing it on PS5 and it blows my mind yeah, like every five minutes. Like, like, there's, there's, mo there's moments where you look and like the sunlight's filtering through the leaves and the trees and stuff, and you're like, "Is this real?" Like, it, and then you can whip around, and the frame you, rate's like rock yeah, solid. If you love, if you love Pandora, like if you're a big fan of the world in yeah. Avatar, just go get this right now. Yeah. Like, it, it's amazing. It's, uh, um, and Sh Silk Snake says Shane says this a lot. Best looking ever because there've been three best looking games of all time this year. Yeah, I also don't Cyber say that a lot. Cyber you've said, a lot. You've said it a lot this year. Yeah, because there's been a, the the benchmark keeps moving. Well, because like, now we're they're finally starting to get the juice out of these consoles. Like Cyberpunk, the first couple years, Cyberpunk like they weren't. with the current updates is a, is the is the direct competitor to this. Yeah. I would say. And honestly, I think it comes down to which environment you think is more interesting. Yeah. If you like cities and cyberpunk and neon and all that. That kind of stuff cyberpunk's gonna be your your top pick if you like it na nature and trees and environmental stuff it's this you, you doubt me and wait till you watch this b-roll and you'll apologize that's mm -hmm. all i gotta say man this game is a stunner and that is the best thing i can say about this game mm -hmm. from there things are average to middling to disappointing i would say yeah, it's a it's other than the visuals it is a kind of middle of the road far cry game yeah and the one thing I will say, this is massive entertainment doing mm -hmm. this. And this is their, apparently, modifications and, and additions and take on the Snowdrop engine. And they're the ones making Star Wars Outlaws. Yeah, man. And if Star Wars Outlaws <laughs> looks like this, <laughs> holy I can't wait. shit. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so the plot we already said is bad. You basically, you're, you're part of a special ambassador program where humans are raising Na'vi yeah, to try you're, to... You're part of, like, it's it's presented as and even named exactly the same as those Canadian schools where they they educated the Indian out of the right. Native American children. Yep, that's exactly um, what's happening. Literally what's happening yeah. here. Yep. Uh, they're trying to make them assimilate in with the RDA, the humans. And who use them as soldiers against their own people. Against their own people. Yep, absolutely. Um... But what but all the shit hits the fan, you escape and you go out into Pandora and you rejoin with your clan and you try to become a part of the clan again and assimilate yourself back into your culture, learn their ways, learn how they fight, learn how they make things, learn how they communicate, all that stuff. It sounds way more interesting than it really is. Yeah, because the problem, this actually really put in, I kind of turned the dial and really was allowed me to, to figure out like what something about Avatar that why it doesn't work for me 
story wise because I don't I don't dislike the movies, but I also don't think their their stories are any better than your average Captain Planet episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and this also, I was like, oh, maybe they can tell an interesting, like, different story with this, or like branch out and show show a different part of the world. And they do show a different part of the world and some different tri- tribes and stuff. But the problem is, there's no pockets where you can tell other stories in this world because, like, it's not like Star Wars or Marvel where the universe is big enough that there's different areas where things aren't involved in the Galactic Civil War or like there's things like they're not involved with fighting Thanos or whatever things like that. Um, the, the the premise of Avatar is this world is being invaded by a colonial imperialist power, a commercialist power mm-hmm. that is that is exterminating a civilization. Yeah, and you can't not deal with that situation if you're these people. Yeah, and there's no other story to tell. Like anything that is de- de- yeah. deviates from that feels like a distraction. Or, in this case, a side quest. Well, the problem, though, Matt, is and that, many, like, you how, can't tell them apart. They all look the same. So it's hard to even, like... They are very differentiated. Like, you run into people, and you're like, wait a minute, have I met you before? And you're telling me, okay, we did, because you're talking we to me get, like we did, you but... You keep track of everybody's clothing. Yeah, that's um, the only way you can tell who people are. Which is doubly weird, because in the movies, you can't. their faces are very distinct. They are, um, yeah. They're not, the, even the faces you get to choose from as your character in this are sort of like, is there two different Yeah, different I can't faces? tell the difference like, between them, yeah. It's just a bunch of cats, Yeah. You know? Uh, um, except one, there's one like really weird round face. I'm like, that's just funny. Like what, and one I, missing an eye. Yeah, the, and the missing an eye one's pretty good. Those ones are easy to tell, but the rest of them are not, and it makes it hard to tell other stories because everybody's, it's like everybody's got weird names. Yeah, it's the, like you can't remember who anybody is the, or what they told you to do or asked you to do beforehand. Like I just follow the, the waypoints. The big like, warrior guy who helps you early on has a name that sounds a lot like Salt Lake. Yeah. so that's how, that's how I remember who his yeah. name was. But, yeah. Um, but that's, or, I mean, I can't remember the humans' names either. So yeah. Nobody stands out as a character in this game at all. Well, eventually what happens is it's your job to go around and meet all the other clans and get them on your side. And so you want all three of the primary clans to join together as one clan to fight the RDA to get the RDA out of Pandora. It's the same story as every freaking yeah. Avatar film. And that's exactly what you get in this game. And to Matt's point, like, the characters all look the same. Like, you can't do side stories because I don't remember who the people are. I'm like, I don't remember talking to you before. Really? We met? When was yeah. that? Like, there was one point where I was like, the, there's this like one girl on a on the Necron who, like, saves you and helps you at one point. And you're supposed to go meet her later. And I went to go do the quest where I met up with her, and it turned out that I was fine. I went to find someone else, and I'm like, "Oh, that was that wasn't her name. It was just someone else's name began with E." Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So the story in this isn't great, and again, because the characters are unmemorable, you can't really remember them. Like all the side stories don't matter that much. They're just I, again, I just kept following the checkpoints from one one waypoint to the next. Um, but there are some cool touches to it. Like after you've like united clans and if you go back to your headquarters, you get the whole everybody there knows what you've done and they're congratulating you and saying, wow, it was really great that you went and did that. And you're uniting our clans against the RDA. Like it has that kind of stuff in it. But otherwise, the story just isn't that good. And the other thing too, Matt, is that the antagonists, they just disappear. So at the beginning... Now, to be fair, that's a Far Cry trademark. It is, kind of. They sh- they're in the beginning, and you learn to hate them, and then they don't show up again until the end of the movie. Yeah, that's the way it is in here, too. Like, you meet the evil humans who are, like, using you to, like, fight your own people or whatever. You escape, mm-hmm. and then, like, you don't see them again. Other, like, they show up on, like, laptops. Like, you'll be in, like, an office, and their face will pop up on, like, Zoom. 
like, mm-hmm. but you don't actually like run into them. Where all villains really do appear. Yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> Seriously. So the plot isn't great. Let's talk about the design, though. You already saw kind of some of the stuff, like showing off the gear. You have five pieces of gear total. Um, that you can attain and upgrade, and there's tons of crafting in the game, and that's a big... Later on in the game, the crafting and gathering the materials becomes a much bigger deal. Um, as you start... Early on, it's very hard to understand what they want you to do with yeah. some of that. As later on, you start getting stuff that makes a huge difference. Like, certain materials, the way they're rated, yeah. it becomes a big but deal. But early on, there's no variation. Or like, getting something pristine and not doesn't really make much of a difference. And so, like, it's very... It, I feel it's pretty poorly explained. It is. They try to tease you into it because there's, like, one of the early missions is a... A mission where you have to cook a meal yeah and you have to get very specific like high quality ingredients mm-hmm. and that kind of teaches you stuff that you have to use later on you have to you have to like cross-reference yeah. the map with like the log with the hunter's guide and all yeah that. Like, it's kind of annoying it's, in, it's annoying but also <laughs> if you're looking for something that's more exploration based like it's it's that's cool but the problem is like like there is an actual um, mode where you, you can pick between like guided and exploration mode on this or like the old assassin's creeds mm-hmm. did and um in exploration mode, they basically remove all the guidance stuff, and you have to basically read the map and use your own waypoints and re- screw that. And like, I tried it because I did like that in the Assassin's Creed games, but this, the, the environment in this game is so dense that mm-hmm. I couldn't tell what I was do, where I was looking, or what I was after. Like, I it, thought the map screen, confusing. the waypoint system, all of it was not great. I the map doesn't zoom in enough. It, and that was what I was going to say. Is the map zoomed in about twenty percent more? It would be fine. Yeah, but, but I, it doesn't. I constantly want to see a little bit yep. closer. It's infuriating. It drives me bonkers. Um, and the world is the worlds are very samey. So there's basically mm. three biomes in the game, and each of the three clans lives in that particular biome. Each biome you stay in for around eight to ten hours before you move on to the next one, and that is way too long. Like this first biome is like all jungle and like day glow colored flowers and for the first like five hours it's like mind-blowing how gorgeous it is but then after a while you're like dude this whole area just looks like a unicorn just barfed all over itself like it just and it never changes it's just the same thing and then you go to the new biome which is like the first the second one is the plains and it is starkly different from the Mm -hmm. first area it's just this wide open there are plains with the wind whipping and there's a bunch of kites and stuff like is completely different, but then you spend the next eight hours in that area before you move on to the third one. Like, it it gets monotonous. The whole game, I felt like, I'll got never monotonous. Never used a Navi in t-shirts. Yeah, it's, it's so a little. <laughs> it's, especially when they're tucked into their pants. Yeah, <laughs> don't do little... that, dude. Let, let yeah. it hang. Yeah, let it hang. Um, and then you're also, as you play through the game, you earn like skill points that you use in five different skill trees. Um, there's the there's a health tree, there's a combat tree, there's an ammo tree, there's a crafting tree, and there's an ecron tree. And there's also like a general ancestor skills tree. They're not actually a tree. It's like this flower that has petals. Yeah, flower that opens up. And pro tip: as soon as you if you play this, as soon as you start playing, focus on that because you can tap triangle. It'll show you on the map where you can go and get those. And once you get them, you get two skill points just for getting those. And and, you, and all the skills they teach you are very important traversal things. Yep. And the, the skill points are ultimately what levels you up. The leveling in this game is so slow. Yeah, because it's a, it's a mix of the skills you have and the gear quality. I played and like gear eight or ten hours. Crawls. Yeah, I was I played eight or ten hours. I was level seven. Yeah, I'm still level six about <laughs> that same crazy. amount of time. I mean, now I'm like way past that. And, but I, and the leveling doesn't actually matter that much. It like does. It does. Like you're 
there the, there are no hard like you can't handle this enemy because you're not this level. I didn't I haven't run into any of that really. I mean, there's some. So, you don't want to you want to attack four APUs at once, right. really. But like, well, you can eventually. Yeah, but early on, you're gonna want to take a couple out. Here's first. pro tip number two. Don't go in. So a big part of this game is, as I said earlier, there's an ecological angle to this. You're trying to restore the healthy environment back to Pandora. And so you come across these smog producing factories that the RDA has, and your job is to go in, infiltrate them, shut a bunch of stuff down. And then that's basically you're synchronizing that area. All the plants grow back and everything after you've completed it. Well, when I first started playing, I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot my way through these. And to your point earlier about like, you, you don't get caught like out of your level. I did. Like I could not. There was a. There's an encampment that was level seven. I was level no level six. I was level four. I couldn't beat it. Mm -hmm. I tried it eight or nine times. I couldn't beat it. So I went. And I did a bunch of side missions. Got up to like I was a level below. Beat it that time barely. And I was like, there's something going on here, man. It shouldn't be this hard. This game should not be that difficult. And it's not. You also get this little gadget called a SID, and it's this little like scanning gun that you use, and it's got this little like you'll see it eventually in the B-roll. You were just doing it. Oh, it was on there already. Yeah. Um. This what you do when you go to these encampments, you sneak around and you stealth, and then you use the SID to just yeah. go up and hack the stuff. You don't yeah. have to kill like anybody. No. Like I didn't realize that for the first literally like eight hours playing this game. They, they do tell you that when they give you the thing. I didn't pay that's, attention. Yeah, that's the thing. They, they give you the SID and they basically send you out to do that at, the, at that first drilling spot mm. or whatever it is. And I didn't really get it either. Um, I didn't get it till I did a, it was like a, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was, it was a big area with a bunch of things that just went thunk, thunk, thunk over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I went over and there were way too many enemies to kill. And if I killed any, like they just like sent more in from, yep. from helicopters. And I'm like, okay, so I just went in and I, and you can hack them and you can store the hack, like up to five hacks. And then like you just, you sneak in as best you can. I feel like the stealth is kind of half baked in this. I don't, I don't, there's no way, real way to like effectively stealth kill anybody. Yeah. Um. Like like Far Cry. There is. Has. Yeah. And um. You just sneak out. You you hack the thing. Get out of the way. Uh, a couple times. You know. You can store the hack and then blow the thing up and then send them to run over to. Um. Yeah, that'll make them run over and see what was blowing up, so you can go get to the next thing you have to hack. That kind of thing. Yeah. It's real rudimentary, but it's a lot easier than fighting off forty guys. Yeah. Eventually. So here's the other thing too. Eventually, the combat gets broken in this because if you use the right skill points, you eventually get this ability where you can just reach into the mechs and snatch the dudes out of the mechs. Oh, yeah, and, it, and it basically turns they, into the counter kills from Assassin's yeah. Creed. They do have to be stunned first, but there's a lot of ways to you do You shoot that. them with one arrow. Yeah. And they're stunned, you run up, snatch them out, kill them. You just do it over and over again. And it just kind of took all the tension in the combat out of the game. Although, the Sid kind of does that as well. Like, you can literally just sneak in and, like, finish off these bases and, like, hardly even fire an arrow. That's the other thing I would say is, like, I hardly ever use the guns in this. I use the bows. I use the heavy bow because it literally one shot, one kill on almost everything. I mean, that's Far Cry as well. Yeah. I, I almost never use anything but the bows in Far Cry. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like it. Um, it's different from shooting. They give you guns, but I just don't like using them. The guns are fine, but they're not very... I mean, the shotgun's useful for some close-up stuff. A couple times they force you into hallways for something yeah. like story-related. But otherwise, yeah, bows, 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 bows. They also give you like a lacrosse stick that has like that you use to throw mines. I don't use that. I used that when they made me use it, and that's about it. Those mines are handy, though. 
I'm sure they can be. Yeah, if you get good with it, you don't find them often enough for me to really. Once I got the snatch ability, I didn't really have to worry about anything else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just like, oh, I don't have to worry about setting the mines anymore. I I also enjoy that the uh, all the you you have kind of the the fast the fast travel exists, but like the faster way to travel like on foot is like to run over the those giant vines, which are conveniently laden with performance enhancing drugs. Right. (laughs) Um, These little like they give you little speed little flowers that like like set set off like this pollen that's supposed to like enhance your speed. So you're just constantly running through them and it gives you a little burst. Yeah. And I'm like, so you're basically just constantly high. Is yeah. what you're telling me. Like, Navi are just always on speed. You need it, though, because it takes a long time till they give you your Ekron, your mount. And you have to mm-hmm. run a lot in the early hours of this game. And so they, if you and run along... travel costs energy. Yeah. So. If you run along those root systems, they have those little white plants on them that Matt was talking about. And they give you a little speed burst to run. And in this game, everywhere has, as you've seen in the, in the B-roll, these little pods that have cords that come down that you grab onto them, and they just zip you up to the top of them or whatever. Yeah, I didn't realize Pandora had so many uh, natural natural plants that replicate Far Cry gameplay moments. Right. <laughs> um, also, uh, the other thing I would say too is all these bases are like copy and paste. They have yeah. the same buildings, they're just rearranged in a different way. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they have, at least they have the excuse of having prefab like you know structures that True. have been brought across. Because the RDA is bringing the stuff to yeah. the moon or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of make sense. Um, Jumping and climbing and running controls. I never thought they were great. Like, I just, I feel like I'm a little bit out of control all the time. Like, it's hard to tell if you can jump up to stuff. Like, there's a double jump, but it's not like most double jumps. It's like a jump and then a quarter of another jump. It's, I don't know. I just never felt like the controls in this felt all that good. The gunplay is fine. The bow play is fine. But the traversal, I just didn't feel like it felt very good. I was very happy when I got my Ekron finally. Um, and so you get the Ekron, which lets you fly. And then the messed up part, Matt, is they give you the Ekron first. You can fly anywhere. And then they give you the Dire Horse second, which you have to keep reestablishing the link with. Mm. So for the Ekron, you establish a link once, that's your Ekron. The Dire Horses, that's not how it works. You have to like creep up to them and tame them over and over and over again. Also, they can only run. Like, they're by far the inferior of the mounts, and they take the Ekron away from you when you go to these new biomes and make you use the Dire Horse. Yeah, you have to you have to earn the flight in each new area. <laughs> it's weird. Um, what else? Again, I hardly use the guns. I use the bows almost 100%. Uh, harvesting and crafting, at first it seems like it's not important. As the game goes on, it becomes more, more important. Um, I do like the mechanic of how you can jump off a cliff and call your Ekron as you're falling and it'll swoop down and pick mm-hmm. you up. I wish it was a little quicker because if I just jump off a cliff a lot of times, I'll hit the ground before the Ekron gets there to like scoop me up. Um, but once you're on the Ekron, like there's aerial combat, like those like floating platforms, you can land on them and you can use your SID to like hack them and blow them up because they're actually operated by the RDA. Like, two arrows will take down a helicopter in this game, which is kind of crazy, but... I mean, they're big arrows. Yeah, they that are, but... in the movie, too. It's like, you'd think in 15 years, one of your priorities would have been to develop arrow-proof windshields, but they didn't do that. <laughs> you'd think. Um, what like, else? Do you need windshields on those things? Like, can't you just, like, have it be, like, a AR thing inside? Like, no, you'd it's think. all armor? Like, you'd think. We yep. could do that now. Yeah. Uh, the health system in this is actually different than a lot of games. You have to eat... But the eating, if your stomach is full, you can regenerate your health. If your yeah. stomach is empty, Something you can't. Something else worked. Is that how Far Cry 5 worked? I don't think Something so. Something else worked that where it's like the energy you had was sort of what allowed you to regen health. 
and you had to keep the energy up to keep and then this thing bugs you about eating constantly because mm-hmm. it's like you well if you don't you don't regenerate health you have to feed your ecron right, as but well I, but i don't need to eat because i'm full health right because i never die I, yeah. <laughs> no you're right it bugs you about it all the time um, so you have to feed yourself and you have to feed your ecron and both of those once you're full you will regenerate your health all on your own um and you you do have healing instant healing items yeah if yeah you need them. yeah you can see those dots those little green dots it says heal down there at the bottom you tap left on the d-pad and as you go throughout the game you earn extra dots which means extra full healings or whatever um and you can increase your max health or you can increase the amount of healings that you have um as we said leveling is really really slow uh, eight ten hours in i was like level six or seven which just seems insane um the leveling really matters with the quests um because as i said earlier like some of the quests it's like okay you need level 70 for level six you're probably not going to complete it unless you later on once you get that snatching ability and all the combat is just kind of made moot um and i'll say this like they didn't really beat you over the head with the ecology stuff like you do it and you're you know once you clear out one of these plants all the plants come back and they grow back and the navi are happy that you did it or whatever but it's not like they beat you over the head with like the ecological message like that happens sometimes in games like this where it's just almost like what was that VR game that our friends made? It's, uh, Jupiter and something. Oh, the dolphin thing. Yeah, yeah. like that know. game beat you over the head with the ecological message, which I get it. Like that's what they were going for. This game does not do that. Um, it's very subtle, but it's still in there. Well, it also kind of takes for granted the idea that if you're playing this game, you probably already agree with it. Yeah. So probably right. Yep. And that's pretty much it. Like, the one thing I would say is that just everything in this is very repetitive. The enemies are repetitive. The missions are repetitive. The characters that you're interacting with all look the same. Like, the game just in general, I guess that's the way I would describe it if I had to say it in a word, is samey. I mean, it's Far Cry. Yeah. I mean, it is an Ubisoft open world game, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I have been had fun. Like, I, again, I'm like 20-some hours into it. I'm fading a little bit. Like, I'm starting to lose motivation a little bit to keep playing. Um, I probably won't stop quite yet, um, but I am like already in the third biome. I think I'm starting to kind of wind down the game a little bit, but I could be wrong. Um, but I guess I've enjoyed it, but I wouldn't pay 70 bucks for this game. Would you? I mean, I did. <laughs> so, well, it's, but you're, it's for your job or whatever. Like, yeah. it's different. As a consumer, would you? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I like Far Cry, and this is uh, at least engaging enough to keep me going, you know, if I don't have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more engaging than Far Cry 5. Oh, I, this is way better than the last Far Cry, by the way. That's probably yeah. the one thing we should say. Far Cry 6, rather. Yeah. This is way better than the last Far Cry. At least I have enjoyed it a lot more than the last Far Cry. Mm-hmm. I've already played it way longer than I did the, last, the first last Far Cry, so that says something. Uh, and look, I am I wouldn't call myself a fan of Avatar, but I like the movies. But I don't feel like my like or dislike of the IP really affected how much I liked this game. No, honestly. it didn't. It didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, again, if you if you do really like the world of Pandora, like and think it's in, you know you you can scan all the animals and all the plants, yep. and there's little stories about them and yep. date about them in the little in the journal thing. I mean, if you like the world, go get it right now. Like it's, it's it's. Oh yeah, you'll love this. If you if you're a fan of Avatar, you will love this. this is your game of the year. You will, I mean, who could have thought that you would get a game that looks this freaking good? Like, licensed games just don't look and play this well normally. 
I mean, gladly that is starting to change a little bit here over the last like 10 years, but we still get really crappy licensed games and this is not one of them. So it is a very competent game. And honestly, I don't think the things I have a problem with are really the fault of Ubisoft. It's really just the IP. Like it's set in this world that's very samey. It's centered around these people that mm -hmm. all look very similar to each other. And with the technology in real time not being, what is it, CG, it's harder to see the nuances and pick the people apart. But I mean, otherwise, Ubisoft, as far as like making an Avatar game, did a damn good job. Yeah, this is about as good as an Avatar game is going to get. Yeah, it really is. So again, if you're a big fan of this IP, fan of the movies or whatever, like I don't think you'll regret picking up this no. game. I wouldn't at mind all. seeing them do a follow-up at some point that takes into account some of the other biomes that are in the sequels, yeah. like the the water stuff mm -hmm. and the the fire stuff in the next one. That would be interesting a yeah. way to go, but that's a ways off. Yeah. So again, if you're a fan of it, I think you should pick it up. It's available for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series. It's not mm. available for last gen, and there's a reason, because the game looks yeah, no damn way. good. That's the other thing, If too, you have like, the PC to run it, definitely get it on PC. Yeah. And for once, it actually runs real well. Yeah. Like, you know, you're always worried about Ubisoft, especially PC releases. But like, no, it runs pretty well. And uh, on my 4090, I can do the unobtainium settings at max, and it runs at a pretty solid 60. So. Also, if you're looking for a technical showcase to show off your console, maybe to your wife, your significant other, they're like, why did you buy that thing for $500? Buy this and put it in and be like, this is why I bought it. Because yeah. my wife even was like, whoa. Like, it caught her off guard. She was like, you just watched this movie like two months ago. And I'm like, no, this is a game. And she was like, whoa. Like, it was kind of like that moment when she walked in and saw me playing NFL 2K on my Dreamcast back in the mm -hmm. day. She walked into the apartment and just stopped and was like, why is there a game on on Wednesday? Yeah. And I was like, it's not. I mean, it's funny to look at those graphics now and that yeah. she was fooled by it. But that's how it is. To be, to be fair, the TVs weren't as good then either. That's true. Yep. Okay, so there you go. That's Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora. Like, I struggle. I would only recommend it for very specific people. What about uh, you? Yeah, I mean, if you love Far Cry but want something different out of it, or if you love Avatar, or you want a technical showcase. Yeah. It's those things. If it, it's, it doesn't really stand on its own as its own thing. Yep. Okay, that's it for Avatar. And now we come to our last topic of the show and it's really not a topic at all it's just matt and i wrapping up our video game fantasy league and yours for 2023 um we kind of knew what was happening already with our mm -hmm. league we talk about it all the time but i will bring up the final results because there are some interesting things to look at here actually yeah i mean i'm playing playing rogue trader but yeah i should have been playing a different warhammer game yep absolutely so um i won uh is that three out of four years that i've won now so i won back to back and then you won last year Maybe. And, yeah, I think that's three yeah, out of four for me. Um, I got all ten of my games for maybe the first time ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I even had an extra that I didn't need, Dead Island 2. Um, so I was, I mean, I was ultra conservative. Like, I still can't believe Hollow Knight Silk Song didn't come out. Like, I thought that was the safest I pick ever. Suicide Squad. I mean, yeah. Suicide Squad was not a risky pick. Well, don't forget, I had picked it the year prior, Matt. Yeah. But I also had picked Zelda for the prior two years. And we had a release window and everything. It was yeah. not an issue. Yeah. There we go. So Matt, obviously, he had a tough year. He only ended up with uh, a total of nine of his games, which actually ended up, that's pretty good considering the rough luck you have with all the delays. But you got no score for Suicide Squad. You got no score for Space Marine 2, which, by the way, was just delayed until the end of the year next year, yep. which is crazy. So they weren't ever, and it was never coming this yeah. year, ever. Yeah, it wasn't. It's insane. Don't don't believe those years on You those really trailers. can't. It's crazy. Um, and then Stalker 2 didn't make it either, for obvious reasons. They yeah. have more important things to worry about developing games in Ukraine. Octopath Traveler was a 
good fucking pick. It really was. <laughs> you got that 84 that down there. Literally the last pick. Yeah. <laughs> Any of the scores stand out for you looking at this? I mean, Redfall, obviously. Jedi Survivor at 82. That seems way low to me. Yeah. Final Fantasy 16 at 87 is low to me. Street Fighter 6 is high to me. I don't think. I think Forts is high to me. Forts is very high. Yep. Starfield's low to me. Diablo's right. Baldur's Gate's right. Fire Emblem Engage does not seem to reflect the current opinions about it. Like yeah. People seem to think Engage is a pretty mediocre entry. I mean, fact. Fire Emblem usually gets a nine point something. Mm. So, th- I mean, that score actually does reflect like a bad or not as good Fire Emblem. Um, Assassin's Creed Mirage of 76. That's about right. Yeah. I can't so, argue with that so too Suicide much. If Suicide Squad had come out, I'd, I would have won. I mean, it would have gotten you? at least an 80. I mean, our averages, you're 83.5, I'm 83. Mm. But you add an 80 into my score, and it's 832. Yeah. It would have been real close. Oh, wow. That would have been so close. Yeah, if Suicide Squad at least got an 80, at a 78, we would have tied. It would. I don't think it would have, if it came out this year, it would have got a 78, though. No, we got higher than that. No, I think it got lower. No, I think I think the reviews would have been higher. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I don't really think reviews reflect reality much anymore. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Actually, um, I don't know, um, but I did Red, win. Redfall's pretty accurate, actually. Redfall's kind of high still. I th- I think Red that, sixty for Redfall at launch is kind of ridiculous. Actually, now that's I think. now. Like now. all these scores are now. Yeah, right, that's why that, Spider Man's now right, at ninety those, instead but of ninety two. Reviews happen when they came out. Like those are those are reviews from the. the what I'm the saying is the that the score has gone up since it came out. What was it when it was out? It was like a 56. Mm. And it's gone up to a six because now people are playing it. It's actually kind of starting to catch on again. Still too high. Maybe, I don't know. Um, that was the worst thing I played this year. One, one of them, anyway. Oh, not actually, for me. I, wa- wanted I played way worse than that. Wanted sadly. <laughs> but however, I did win, and therefore I get a round of applause. Assassin's Creed really underperformed for the fourth pick, too. Yeah. Yeah, that ended up being a bad... I mean, Starfield, that's a terrible pick for the first pick. I mean, I kind of yeah. knew that it was risky that way, but then I make up for it. I get RE4, way down there, a 93, and then look at Armored Core 6, yeah. my ace in the hole. Almost a 90. It paid off. Yeah, it actually it worked out well. I think Forspoken at a 64 is too low. I think that gave it better than a 64, but... I didn't I didn't dislike that that much. Yeah. Although Forspoken 64 does make it sound like an N64 <laughs> game, which is pretty funny. <laughs> because there was a Forspoken 64. 64. <laughs> that's hilarious. A Forsaken. Forsaken, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, there you go. Those are the results of the Sifted Video Game Fantasy League for 2023. That's three out of four championships for me. Um, and we'll be back at it next year. We'll do our draft in January, so not long to wait for that. And now it's time to crown our champion of the Sifted Fantasy Challenge for 2023. I'm sure a lot of you guys already know who won, but here it is. Drum roll, please. The winner is... Nope. <laughs> I screwed it up. <laughs> the winner is Surf Spider. Congratulations, Surf Spider. And best of all, Surf Spider is a sifter. He has been a subscriber to Sifted since our beta. He has been a member of Sifted since February of 2016. These are the people that I love to see win the Sifted Fantasy Challenge. 
he gets because he is a patron and a member of sifted he gets two free games if somebody had won who was not a member of sifted and not a patron they would have got one but since he is a patron surf spider gets two free games surf spider hit me up however you want you can dm me on twitter at dinfire you can dm me on sifted at shane you can dm me here on twitch whatever you want to do man just get at me and we'll coordinate and i'll get your two free games out to you as your winner but i do want to point out something before we move on here look at how many people got all 10 of their games to count it's like 40 mm-hmm. yep chevelle man he got all of his he was number 40 people got all 10 games last year we had like three and i don't know if i've ever done it in the fantasy challenge because i aim for the stars anyway because we can't win i'm just trying to get the highest score ever or whatever but 40 of you Look how many people had Zelda as the first one. Yeah, well, one, I mean, one, one, one few years ago, the person who won was the only one who got all 10. That's right. So you guys are figuring it out. You're starting to play a little more conservative, but now it's like splitting hairs. Like it was 40 of you that got all 10, and it's like, look, I mean, look, it was close. I mean, look how far down you got to go to find someone who's just in the yellow. Yeah. I finished 110th <laughs> this year. I, I had, forgot to enter. <laughs> yeah, you forgot to enter. I had two games that didn't even make it this year. But look at how close it is. 1377 to 1373 to 1372 to 1371 to 1369. I mean, it was a close race, guys. Like, you guys were, maybe have been watching, like, some of these scores to see if they went up or down. It may have affected who won, ultimately. Mm-hmm. If they drew, go up or down a 10th or something, like, that could change by one or two points your scores. It's all weighted, obviously. Your first game is weighted more highly than your 10th. So anyway, congratulations once again to Surf Spider. Um, like I said, we'll be doing our draft in early January. We'll also be setting up the Sifted Fantasy Challenge for you guys again in January. If any of you guys have any ideas for ways you may want to tweak it, let us know. Uh, we can maybe do that. Um, this is set up by Lashik, and he is awesome. He's a sifter, and he sets this up every year. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. and something you guys check in on and have a good time with throughout most of the year. So congratulations once again to Surf Spider. Let's look at the time here. Oh, we just hit the three hour mark. (laughs) So unfortunately, it looks like we're not gonna do Name That Game. You know what, screw it. We're gonna do it anyway. Are you guys ready to do Name That Game? We'll just get in here real fast. This is our last show of the year. Screw it. We're not gonna do a Q and A today. Come on Friday for our Game of the Year episode. We'll do a long Q&A at the end of that for to cap things off for the end of the year. We'll do Name That Game, and then we'll call it for Game Face in 2023. All right. As always, Name That Game. I show you five screenshots. You try to guess the name of the game before Matt. If you've won already this year, do not play, although that's about to change. Everyone's mm-hmm. about to roll over. You guys will all be able to play beginning in January. As of right now, if you've won already, do not play. If you won't play PC games, do not play, because the winner of this gets a free PC game. Let's give it to somebody who wants it. What's the third thing? I don't know. <laughs> I always forget one of Make them. Make your guesses count because it's slow mode? Oh, yeah. Slow mode. You got it. Yep. Chat's in slow mode. You can only put in one entry every 60 seconds. Make them count. Don't just spam us with game titles. You're going to lose. That's it. You guys ready? You ready, Matt? Sure. All right. Here comes name that game. Here is the first. You're going to want to put the chat up. Oh, what? Oh, I'll do that. (laughs) Here's the first image for name that game. Go. Hmm. Metal Gear Solid 1, no. (laughs) Metal Gear Solid 5, no. Monster Hunter Rise, no. Oh, we have a winner already. (laughs) Everybody got this. 
That's insane. Monster Hunter World. It's Monster Hunter World. Congratulations. That's incredible. Well, it all worked out in the end. The show didn't even go over all that much because you got it on the first image. That's crazy. Uh, I guess if you've been staring at that game that long. I guess so. And the game's old, too. Like, you'd think yeah. it would, like, fade from memory over time, I but people no. Still, people still play it. Leonosaurus, congratulations. It is indeed Monster Hunter World. I A little bit of a play on, you know, the fact that Monster Hunter was the big reveal at the Game Awards. I thought it might be fresh in mind. Um, Vincent says, people who took over Mad Cats are teasing a new guitar coming in January. So it looks like mm. that they may actually make it. Um... Leonosaurus, congratulations on winning the last name that game of 2023. As always, um, to reach out to me for your free game, just like I said for uh, the Fantasy Challenge, you can hit me up on Twitter at Dimfire, on Sifted at Shane. You can hit us up here, send me a DM right here on Twitch if you want to. Whatever you want, get at me, and we'll get the code out to you before I head home for the holidays and make sure you get that game. Um, let's see got a couple things actually we got at least one more thing to take care of before we move on here and that is hearing a word from our sponsor soundwizardry.com experience the realm of extraordinary audio with sound wizardry with a decade-long journey in sound design we animate your movies and video games with the breath of sound our wide-ranging services include sound design foley sound mixing and mastering audio implementation dialogue mastering and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. That's right, Sifters, head to soundwizardry.com for any of your sound needs. Any project that you're working on, a video that you're working on, if you need voiceover, if you need audio to be fixed, if you're making a game, you need audio for your game, head to soundwizardry.com. As you see from the video, they have an amazing revenue or a resume. They have worked on some of the most incredible games. I mean, that's about the best resume you can have for 2023, the stuff that they worked on this year. I mean... I don't, it just shows you the good work that they do. If they weren't doing good work, they would not be on those projects. So once again, head to soundwizardry.com for any of your sound needs. You won't regret it. And they're good people to boot. And that's it for Game Face for 2023. I just want to thank all of you guys for supporting the show this entire year. Um, whether you're a patron, which you guys are just God tier to me, uh, whether you're just someone on YouTube who comments and likes and does all that kind of stuff, whether you're someone who listens to the podcast on a podcast service and you're writing us a review so that we bubble up in the reviews there, we appreciate all of it. Um, the people who are pledging at $30 a month to get their name in Game Face. You guys are awesome. You are a tight crew, man. Like, I wish we got more new people to that group. Like, we don't get new people very often, but the people that are in that group, they are down with the plan. And I appreciate you guys so much. And even more than that, a big difference for us this year was our sponsors. So soundwizardry.com, LS Cream, DeShazer Ryan Realty, those sponsorships have made a big, big difference for us. And look, I understand that, um, it could be a little annoying to have to watch ads when you're paying for content. I do think about that, but we need it to survive. If I wouldn't do it if we didn't have to do it. So I hope you guys can understand. I do appreciate your understanding in that way. Um, I just appreciate all you guys for everything you've done for us. Um, thanks also, actually, 
this show is going to be way over, but I got to do this because it's just too big of a deal to not do it. I want to thank the people who have been sending us money for beer. Um, one second, I'm sorry. I'm going to read out the names of the people who have already donated money to us for beer. Um, and some of them donated money that was way over what a beer costs. Uh, Glottis, thank you. Andy T. Monahan, thank you. Um, Paid by Death, thank you. Shane A. 28, thank you. Limper, thank you. Biz Fowl, thank you. Chris, uh, FF8 Master C, thank you. Um, Snowman 92, thank you. El Timbo, thank you. Ollie John, thank you. Well, is this well, Toppy? Thank you. Um, Scott Seely, thank you. V Nunez, thank you. Fruit Eater, thank you. Nixopunk, thank you. And I think that's it. Those are all the people who have used that QR code to buy us a beer for the holidays. Thank you guys. And again, watch my Twitter feed over the holidays. I promise you, I will go out with my boys and I will take a picture of me with my boys in Central PA with one of the beers that you bought me. I appreciate it very, very much. And Matt, I appreciate you too opening up your home to us to do the show here all year long. Just amazing. I, I can't even put into words how much I appreciate that. So much love, everybody. A great 2023. Don't forget, we will be here on Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern for our Game of the Year Awards, and that will close out the year for us. So have a great week filled with great games. Game faces up and out. <laughs>